When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wait, wait, before we get into this, welcome to the Black Lotus Podcast. <laughs> I am your co-host, Mike, du- Mike Blue. And your co-host, Josiah Jacobs. And uh, today we have not only a returning guest, but an essential sage. <laughs> Understand me? This man has been around here since day one. Day one. Since IG, man. <laughs> For real, since, since IG, IG lives. <laughs> Understand me? And that that was three years ago now, man. Three years ago. It might it might just be today too. Actually, I think it was December twelfth, if I'm not mistaken. Nah, nah, y'all was recording in like in like September. October. Yeah, right. sure? yeah, bro. It was a little bit warmer outside. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, you're right, because I remember you had you had uh you had that towel on the back of the door. I remember. I remember that. Um, I don't know why I do, but I do. Um, but I bring to you guys none other than the man himself, Miles Savage. How you doing, good brother? Man, I'm doing well, bro. You want to pull that mic in front of you? Let's see. Y'all can hear me? Okay. We're going to pull that down just to here, play with it. Play with it. Got you. Oh, play with that. No, no. The one right before it. Yep. There we go. That should be solid, right? Yeah, that's solid. All right. That's solid. How you doing today, good man? Man, I'm doing well. Just got back from Los Angeles. Just got out of the car on that six-hour car ride. Man, I'm enjoying myself. <laughs> I got to get some stretch out, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> man, so how was that, though? Uh, it was cool. I got a, I got my one of my uh, my stepmom's side of the family. She lives down there. And, uh, word, word. My family, we decided to do... Uh, uh, Christmas in Vegas this year, so Ooh. all the family we met out there, and we had Christmas at a little hotel in Vegas, and we just hit the strip a couple of times, and then uh, then went over to Los Angeles to go visit some other family. And now we back home. That's real. Back on man. Home soil. Got to get down <laughs> to the town soil. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Um, obviously, as you guys can see, we are not in our usual setup, <laughs> but this is our new usual setup. There we go. Um, <laughs> We are in the RPAL station, but this is brought to you by none other than the Black Lotus Podcast, and it is a hundred percent independently owned. Um, with that being said, this brother has been doing a lot of the work for the last, I say, about two years now, um, and I want to really acknowledge that. You know, on the podcast right now, um, that I haven't, uh, in a sense, stepped up to the plate. You know, I had a lot of moving pieces in my life, a lot of uh, trials and tribulations I have been going through for the last uh, 24 months, I say. Uh, but that's no excuse as to the amount of work that I've put in. Um, and as of the last two months, I really have been planning for this next, honestly, I'll call it an invasion. The Black Lotus is going to invade all airwaves, everything. 
You know what I'm saying? Anywhere that you look, we're going to be. You close your eyes, we're going to be there. <laughs> Understand me? Understand me. We're going to see us in your dreams. <laughs> in your dreams, boy. Your thoughts, they're ours. That's real talk. But no, for real, um, I want to give the utmost thanks. First to the most high for really pulling me out of a dark place. And uh, secondly, to this brother right here for really holding it down for all the years that, you know, all the time I was gone, um, you know, working on my own individual projects uh, that ne not necessarily came to fruition. But man, I can't. I can't thank him enough for real, you know, uh, not only as my co-host, but as my brother, you know, as my, as my friend, you know, as my best friend, I can't, I, I can't give, I can't give enough thanks. Uh, but that being said, this next year, you will not be able to get me out your eyes. I will be in front of every screen that you see, anything that you scroll in your timeline, You'll see my face. Because we're here and we're not going anywhere. We're staying consistent. And we we, we, we we are going to stay so humble. And we're going to stay on that same tip. We're going to have such self-esteem. We're going to have such high self-esteem that it's going to radiate in positive energy. Not as of cockiness, but out of just pure love for ourselves and pure love for our visions and the future that we want to invoke upon the world. Um, and to that, brother, I really want to say thank you. <laughs> That's love, man. That's love. But, um, man, uh, let's talk about... Where Temple. do we leave off? Oh, my bad, my oh. bad, my bad. Go crazy. No, no, go crazy. Go, crazy. go crazy, go crazy, go crazy. Um, let's talk about Temple, man. You know what I'm saying? I want to, because this, this is the first time I think we've actually sat down on the Black Lotus podcast and have had two contrasting uh, educations. Yeah. You know, because yeah. you have a PWI, yep. you know, but it's not as if you're whitewashed at all, you know, because at the end of the day, I no from 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 what from from Not where right. I've met a lot of different I've met a lot of different whitewashed PWI students. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about white fraternity black brothers. It oh, don't even no that's that's, they that's different breed, man. Different nah, breed, man. Right? But yeah, you not learning, man. <laughs> they really are for real though. But to say that you know to go to a PWI and still retain your black identity is something that is not championed enough yeah. um and then on this side you have a brother who went to a H he went to hbcu you know graduated magna cum laude and now is in a pwi uh uh pre-doctoral fellowship you know at john hopkins so now he's about to see the other side of the world but he has gotten the other world so i want to in this episode that has been long awaited. Honestly, we were supposed to record this. Honestly, wasn't we supposed to record this last year? No, we were supposed to record yeah. it at least in in th uh, in during Thanksgiving. 
Because we was planning something like that then. But no, before that though, uh, I owed you an episode from from way uh, back then. Right, remember at remember the beginning had, of the year, we had, we, had, we had went to watch a football game. Yeah, because yeah. I was yeah. ooh wee. I was hey. <laughs> I, I was saying, bro, we could do this episode. Yeah, <laughs> no, bro, we could do this Miles, episode. Miles, I'm glad you said something because I was like, bro, like, we, had like, like, we had to protect the, we had to protect the Black Lotus. We had to protect the brand. It can't just be just me saying something, bro. I'm like, be, bro. Oh my I god, I was saying something too. Bro. Nah, that was. Hey, I'm oh, not gonna man. lie, I was off it, boy. I was off it, but hey, I was determined, bro, because like, hey, I was in denial. I'm telling you, oh, man, good now. We good now. It, it took a while, brother. It did. You know what I'm saying? It took a very long time. But I feel like you have to just do it on your own time. And don't let anybody tell you, you know, what to do. You have to come to your own conclusions. Um, shit. You can listen to other people, you know what I'm saying, as they tell you things. But don't let that be the thing that rules your decisions. Absolutely. Allow yourself to reign supreme in your own mind. That's real talk. But back to the matter at hand, um, I guess my first question to both brothers would be, what do you think is the most uh, paramount uh, attribute that you learned at your respective schools towards your blackness or your black identity? Um, I would say, like, for myself, like, just, like, the belief in self, mm. um, that, like, going to, going to Howard taught me, especially, like, the affirmation of, like, of, like, black, like, intelligence and, like, consciousness. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, um, I hung out with some high school friends, like, yesterday, and, like, we was talking about, like, how at, at St. Mary's, um, I, I never felt like I was really pushed to be, um, to be the the scholar that I'm that that I'm on the path to being now. Mm. Um, I feel like wow, I, I feel like at Howard, like whether it was even in the online classroom setting, and then obviously in person, like I was I was pushed like indirectly um, to like see myself as somebody who could you know like produce good scholarship and produce you know like knowledgeable insights to the world um and I, I i always had that inclination just from when i was like a like a like a young child you know like in grade school i was always known as like the, the history guy and everything the history buff like i knew everything about that shit but like man i think that um, still to this day though <laughs> he's a catalogist <laughs> but like i think that um in high school I just, I just wasn't kind of like pushed down that path. I feel like sometimes I know it's for like a lot of the black students, like, you know, it's kind of just like going to your respective category, you know, like we're going to get you into like a nice, a nice college, you know, like we don't want you to like aspire to be higher or anything, you know, like I remember like they didn't let me into a, into a AP course. Um, because you know, I remember that too, wasn't it? It was a history AP yeah, course yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was AP U.S. history. Yeah. That's so crazy. Like, think about that. As as the man that this man is, just man. think about how how much of a gatekeep that is. And it's and it's like, well, the big reason you know, I I wasn't able to go into the course because I had a I got an A minus and a B plus when one of the prerequisites was getting two A minuses in um, in regular um, world history. But like, there were people who didn't 
get that same prerequisite and they were still into the class. You know, I feel like uh, not not just me, but with other black students, they were kind of like protecting us from ourselves, which is a, which is an ideology that I, that I can understand. But I think that um, let's say if I had gone to like a black school, I feel like my teachers would have pushed me more and would have put the idea in my head that you can't do that. You just got to work a little harder instead of trying to instead of trying to protect the the name of the school because 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 I maybe not have I maybe wouldn't have did as as well um, and then and then and then coming to a school like Howard um, I think that you know just having just ha- having black professors and you know like yeah. especially having yeah. like 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 black male professors you know who Never. who who know who know everything yeah. about 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 like black culture like the black world like and and, and just inspiring me you know like my advanced public speaking professor, Dr. Rich Wright, who I got on the podcast. Like, hey, shout out to Dr. Like, Wright. Yeah, like he he met Malcolm X. He went to Howard in, in the nineteen sixties. He like he OG. He like eighty, bro. And he OG was, for real. Yeah, he was just telling me like the first thing that he came into our class was telling us about like um, Malcolm X, and you know, because he was saying he wanted us to get to know who he was before he wanted us to open up about ourselves. And like I think that's just like a powerful um, just lesson of like black teaching. You know, like, like opening up so your class can open up to you because you know our real. our experience is different <laughs> in this world compared to other races and stuff like that. Yep. And and I think that, and I and just that that entire experience like just just made me realize that that I can. I, I used to tell some of my professors all the time like you guys are so inspiring to me because there are times when I when I don't know if I can go into these next level graduate school spaces. Especially I used to feel like that a lot more in the past, but asking them questions. Being around them, telling them, telling me that that I can't do it, that that I can't go into that environment, is was was just so like affirming. And then and then just even at a secondary level of like of like my friends, you know, just like meeting like a lot of like a lot of black men who share like who who have like similar just ambitious goals and just like perspectives. You know, I got friends who want to be who want to who want to be that in like medicine, business. Um, me, me being on, on the graduate school route, like just doing all that stuff. And, but we're all in, in like law. Everybody's doing something different, but we have that same level of like am, am, ambitiousness. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying you can't find that at like a at like a PWI or something like that. But like I'll say that like you know just being at Howard and being able to like talk to my friends about like about black things without having yeah. to worry about if it's if everybody's gonna feel accepted and just honestly. Being being having the ability to be like openly like 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 pro black at at school is something that like that is that is really dope and like I so some so not something that I feel like I can re- I can replicate in the same way at Johns Hopkins mm-hmm. you know, like it's like I'm, I'm not gonna say like I'm I'm closeted in my beliefs because I'm not closeted like like <laughs> if you ask me what I think about something I'm gonna tell you what I think but it's like it's not it's not as like you can't like, be as open about it, you know. Can't, can't be open because like and every, expressive. Because like, because like, not everybody like knows. Yeah. Like, like there's there's not a lot of there's not really like a lot of black people. Oh, so yeah. you're saying that the black intellectualism isn't on the same par, or it's not? Oh, I don't even say that. I I would I would ask you if it's. Do you feel that the black information, or no? Do you feel like the history that is being taught and the curriculums that are being taught? Uh, they're not as oriented around truth. 
No, no, no. I, I wouldn't say that at all. Like, I mean, Hopkins is like has like so one, one of the best history departments like in the in the country. Like, like it's definitely not oriented around like truth. Okay. But it's just like it's the atmosphere of the school itself. Yeah. Like if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Like so, the social environment. Yeah, like the like, climate is just not welcoming for blackness. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even say like not 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 welcoming. It's just like not really there. You know, like there are there are some areas that you, you can go that? to. Like you know, like there's like. Africana study and stuff like that, and like they yeah. have like seminars and stuff like that where, where they talk about things that I'm really interested in and passionate about. But like at like this, at like a at like a base like student level, you know, there aren't, yeah. there aren't like a lot of like black men like in like who are who are scholars, you know, like yeah. like black men don't really go to college as much as like black women and stuff like Man, that. Man, that so, is isn't it? Oh. Isn't it seventy? Seventy three? No, no, seventy percent. It's just like I think it's like sixty four, thirty six. Yeah, but they yeah, outnumber us like two yeah. to one in yeah. most places. Yeah, exactly. It's not even two to one. I think it's more to like. But I can kind of speak to that yeah. in terms of the uh, like. Oh yeah, this like we <laughs> we go to like people like I go to PWI. I'm at Temple University in Philadelphia. Like I think. Hey the, you. The, yes, sir. You. <laughs> I think the best part about my experience, or at least kind of like the the pro black part about my experience, yeah. is that although I'm not at a HBCU, and considering that I came from California in the yeah. Bay Area, I went to a majority black city. Yeah. Like, the population in Philly is like between forty to fifty plus percent black, yeah. like in wow. terms of the entire population. I had no idea it was that and, dense. And don't even get me started on what North Philly looked like, because if you ain't Puerto Rican or black, you're you don't live in North Philly. <laughs> and if, <laughs> like, I have a, lot, a lot of my professors at Howard went to graduate school at Temple. Exactly, because we have we started Afrocology. Yeah, we like we had the first Afrocology program in the Go country. Going to that, what is Afrocology? Look, I you know my father he told me to take Afrocology class. I wasn't able to fit it into my schedule, but I did make friends with everybody in the Afrocology department. Mm. To my knowledge, Afrocology is just the study of kind of a Afrocentric. Afrocentric historical point of view. Wow. So, uh, like, instead of, th- like, when we look at our textbooks in, like, elementary school and high school, like, the best way I think about it is, like, we started with Europe. Yes. Now we start with Africa and work outwards that way. That's deep. Or think about everything from, like, the black perspective or the minority perspective. Yeah. But, That's dope. like, going back to, to Joey's point, we, like, People at my school, we made it an event, and multiple people at my school made it an event to get down to Howard to go to their homecoming. Man. So kind of like talking about that experience of like, like you go to a PWI and you can't really be, I don't want to say comfortable being black. You yeah. say expressive. I think, I think Not even necessarily expressive. Yeah, really? What do you mean? What I mean though is like, to be able to freely have certain types of conversations, yeah. like like granted, like prejudice exists everywhere. Sure. But like if you like if you wanna be like <laughs> that's gonna sound like so jacked up, but it's like like you can't make like white people jokes the same way. Like like that's the best way I could describe it. It's like it's like you like you like the common joke like, oh white people don't season their chicken type stuff. Or like yeah. but I say that as kind of like a, a microcosm of of what you what the fuller experience is like it's like yeah. you can kind of like speak to your experience more in comparison to other cultures and not yeah. really necessarily feel like you have to like quiet yourself down yeah. or have to worry about making other people feel uncomfortable yeah but um kind of going back to your point earlier about like kind of like what my experience has been like as a 
black student or in terms of kind of like a yeah what like what do you feel is what do you feel is one thing or not even one what, is, what do you feel like is one is like the most important things that you've uh, acquired a part of your identity you know as as in terms of your blackness you know? yeah um i say kind of like of course we get like the stereotypical like deficit story like oh like you know no dad whoopty woo like you know like welfare ebt family but like I think what I've learned, because I've had one black professor at my school. Really? And he's not even in my department, but he's like my absolute best friend. Like, that's my temple dad is what I call him. Yeah, man. Um, he's in the accounting department, um, and he's like an advisor to an organization that I'm a part of. Okay. Um, one, like, blackness doesn't have to be a deficit story for one. Mm -hmm. And two, mm -hmm. like... Being black can be an advantage if you mm. look at it that way. Like, I think that I've partly been able to, like, I hate to say it, like, this is just kind of like the climate that we've grown up in, like, in a post-George Floyd era, but, like, I've been able to differentiate myself, like, from my white counterparts by having a different story or being able to, like, play, like, on my, on my diversity like, yeah. to, like, either to like go into these other places that are going to be majority white like yeah. you bring a different perspective yeah i bring a different perspective like i'm an asset to you like you you need me yes like and i feel like i've kind of like downloaded that mindset of like like i am needed i am needed not not only just for my blackness but for my perspective for my my the the attachment to my culture that i can also bring as well yes um but I mean, you know, that can come with its own complexes. Like, oh, like is this place only hiring you because you're black, or yeah. oh, like um, you're just a you're just a diversity hire, something like that. But I think one, like I've learned that, like one, like you know, we don't need to necessarily have a deficit story to be able to excel in certain places, and two, like like blackness comes in in so many different forms. Like we don't like we're. Like, I feel like if we... Albino to midnight. Yeah, literally. So, like, but I feel like we do ourselves, like, for, I guess, like, the more, like, dare I say, like, people who, like, didn't really, like, grow up in, like, the stereotypical black household, like, for, like, the more polished type, like, you... What am I trying to say? You... You are just as, you are just as black, if not as black, as everybody else. Mm -hmm. Like n not because you like you know you get certain cultural cues or stuff like that, but like it like we like the the diaspora that makes us comes in in every single form from the corporate CEO like Robert Smith to Chief Keith and everything in between. So like don't don't be boxed in as to like you know what blackness is supposed yeah. to look like. That's what I'm gonna, you I know, think that's an interesting point. What were you about to say? I was about to say that like. Everything you said is something that like I truly loved about Howard, um, and I, I can go on a whole rant about this. But like the thing that I loved about Howard was like it exposes you, and I would say the HBCU environment in general. But Howard, Howard is, Howard is a unique case because like it brings students from all over the country, yeah, um, and all over the world, on all over the world, yeah, and like it exposes you to how many different types of blackness yeah. there, is. There, there, there are, you know? And it makes you it makes you appreciate it more. It makes you like, damn, like, we're really cool, you know? Like, we're, we're actually like, we're, we're as diverse as, 
as I mean, as, as any other ethnic group, you know. And I think a lot of black people who maybe who never experienced like an environment like that, you know, you're in the PWI, but like, like you said, you're you're still in Philadelphia, you know, like you're still in like a like in a like see that's hella black people, you know, like and you probably see hella different types of black people within that environment. And it's like I think that going to Howard, it it, it showed you how many different types of blackness there are. But I think one of the coolest things about it, it kinda shows you how we're all connected in some way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like that shared experience. Yeah, that that, that shared experience, you know, like it's profound, bruh. I think that something that a lot of white people don't understand, even even your most liberal white person, you know, it's like, as a, and, and this is something like, when you look at like history with how like things have kind of like turned out in the black community, just like our current state, like a lot of a lot of changes in like with like education, like like Brown v. Board and stuff like that, like they were oh they were God. they were made off of the faulty premise that like black people don't like being black. Let me speak you on know? that, bro. And wait, wait, hold on. Excuse and me. like, and I was gonna say that like. Um, sometimes I think white people see all the things that we go through as being black in this country, after, especially after, like, the post-George Floyd um, murder and stuff like that. Like, you, like, they, they equate blackness to being something that is negative and that, and, that, and that we don't like being black, you know? Like, we've been fighting that since the 60s. Like, like, like we love being black. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't want to be anything else. You know? Exactly, like, bro. Like, I do not like, want to be, like, I don't want to be nothing else, bro. Yeah, like, I, I'm, I'm black and I'm proud, you feel me? But I, I think that something that, like, Howard, Howard kind of instilled in me is, you know, just, like, just being proud of that, you know? Like, showing that, like, like you know, like a place where, where it's cool to be black and smart, you know what I'm saying? Like, that whole environment is something that I think is just so cool. It's something that I'm that I was blessed to experience, you know. And I think that, and I, I think that it's something that I feel like everybody should experience in some way, even if it's not at an HBCU. You know, just being in a type of environment that has so much diversity. I, I think that I think that's real diversity. You know, I, I don't think putting hella people, hella different races in one area, is is real diversity. Because like it's, it's it's not diversity if if they're if they're all not interacting with each other and looking at everybody's culture as equal. I don't even think, I, I would even take it a step further. I don't think it's diversity because if you put a whole bunch of liberals with different races in the same room, how is that diversity in thought? You know? That's what they're looking for, but I, I mean, like... I, that, that's that's what they call diversity, though. Yeah. Uh, you know? They call diversity just based off of the race or the gender, right? But it's not it's not diversity based off of your thoughts. Like, I can be a black man and think completely different than you because I have a different educational field. Right. So, but this, this is gonna be the this is gonna be kind of like the rebuttal for them is like, mm-hmm. like if that's the case, then okay. Do do you agree or disagree with affirmative action? See, I actually disagree with affirmative action. What about you, Joe? I agree with it. Do you agree with affirmative I, action? I, I think it should be. I think the reason why I disagree is because um, I'm still working on this ideology, but um. I believe that it's interesting you brought this up. Brown uh, Brown versus Board of Education was the worst thing that could happen for black people. <laughs> Possibly. I mean, you know, there are arguments integration was probably the worst thing that ever happened to black people. Well, I, well it's not even that. Because that was going to happen eventually. Because they, they, the economy could not survive if black people were to be independent, right? So they would have to, have, they would have to integrate us into it. But what I'm saying is our education, right? When you take out, when you take black teachers away from black students and you replace them with white teachers, now you're learning how to be 
or how to fit the role of a white person or to be subservient right to a white person it's interesting that you said that they didn't put you in the u.s uh the ap u.s history because i'm guessing i'm not saying anything against those white people or i'm not even, i can't even say if they were white was your counselor white the the people who made the decision were white even though my even though my uh world history teacher like bird like he he vouched for me he was like yeah. josiah needs to be in that class like, yeah. like, he's, he's gifted in this and my thing is this, right? Back at that time, we read Black Rednecks and uh, White Liberals. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, Black Liber Black Rednecks and White Liberals, right? We reread that, and we read about a school by the name of Dunbar, right? Yeah, Dunbar High. What's interesting about Dunbar and something that I really took from that uh, that, that parable. It was like the black. It was the black it. high school that like scored higher than. Yep, in DC. Than like every other white school. I think I think that's what happened, right? Yeah, Dunbar was putting out like black talent, like like crazy. Like it put out like the the first black. Everything. A lot. <laughs> Every it, it, like it was actually like it was like a pipeline to, to Howard like, in that yeah. period. It was like if you go to Dunbar, like that's why it was so competitive trying to get into Dunbar because it was like if you go to Dunbar, like you're probably going to Howard. Which, you yeah. Know, at that point, you know, it's like. Which is the best school? That you Which had a lot more trades people back then. That's what you will tell you. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, but no, nah, but yeah, like Dunbar, Dunbar was crazy. And I think that like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's the book we're talking yeah, about. Okay. But the thing that's interesting about Dunbar um, is that um, when you look at other schools around that time, uh, I was talking to a, uh, I'll say an old head, uh, and he was telling me about how back at that time. When integration happened, it wasn't just the students. It was the money as well. And I brought this up to Joey before. When you take out when when you take when you take race out of the equation, right? What is there to separate a white student and a black student, right? From the eyes of the government. Money and educational attainment. Exactly. And so what they're going to do is say that everything, oh, it's not it's not going to be equal anymore. Or it has to, since it has to be equal, we'll just make sure that all of our students um, are given the advantages, right? But we'll also offer those same opportunities to the other people, right? And because they feel like they have to offer it, you know, to more people now, they're going to need to take the money from somewhere. So they took the money out of the communities they took out the 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 house taxes right that they get the money for education from and they funneled it right into the white communities and white into and right into the white schools right because the black students are now going there right they might they might not be getting treated the same way right but they're going to that school so the funding is going to need to be there so that's why you saw a lot of black schools being shut down Right, and that's why I say that Brown versus Wade is the worst thing that could have happened. I'm sorry, Brown versus the Board of Education was the worst thing that could could have happened, or could have been one of the worst things that could have ever happened for the black community. And not only that, but I think that the things that happened after the Brown versus Board of Education, um, not necessarily saying the Civil Rights Movement, but I'm more so saying the ideologies that were being pushed. Right, the ideologies that are being pushed of uh, of melting a complete society into, or aiming to 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 melt the 
and it's I feel like Joey itching. He, I, I can like see it on his face. I feel I, like he itching. It feel like he ready to have in. And, and the last thing I want to say is this: the reason why I feel, <laughs> I feel like Joey itching. <laughs> the reason why I feel this way is because with affirmative action, you're only respecting a person's mask. You're not respecting their true identity. You're only respecting the skin color, or you're only respecting their gender, or you're only respecting. Uh, with sexuality they come All from. these things do constitute to a, a, it does. Varied, a varied experience. I mean, it may not be the only thing that gets... But they don't even care about that experience, though. They, they don't. They and, that's don't. What that, and that's why I say I, I can't respect affirmative action because you're only like, doing it based off of a box that somebody checks. Well, not the... Not not everything that happened inside of the box or the experience. Yeah. They're only looking at if you're black yeah. or if you're Asian or if you're, or if you're white. You know what I'm saying? They don't look at the story that comes with that. They're only looking at what what is on that box. But like, so but like how, how how should they go about that process then? Like, if like how like there, there's only so much that you can put on like, a cause application. I think I think that that's very true as well. And like affirmative action is is a remedy for past discrimination, even mm-hmm. like, because because of. All the black people who couldn't, who, who were denied various opportunities in the past, you know, and it's, it's reflected in the power system, you know, like you, you have to rectify that in some way, which is, mm-hmm. like, which in that sense is giving black people an advantage. I think that one of the, one of one of the unintended consequences of affirmative action is like, I mean, after after the nineteen sixty five Immigration Act, like a lot of other races came to the United States. Boy. Like, go crazy, yeah. That's 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 really what what changed it. Because affirmative action was when John F. Kennedy signed the executive order for affirmative action in 1963 or 62. I forget which year it was. It was made for black people in mind. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't made for all these other groups. Yeah. You know, and it's like because these other groups haven't experienced the same level of of discrimination in this country as as of just blatant I won't racism. I won't say that. I won't say that. I would. Okay. Okay. I wouldn't like. I mean, granted, like we we were, like, well, I mean, you you could say this for a lot of other groups. I mean, like, what what happened to a uh, uh, Asian American or now Asian Americans than just the Chinese immigrants who were coming and they were basically forced to work on railroads, yeah. right? Yeah. And what was black it? people uh, worked on the railroads first, though? True. I mean, I mean, granted, we probably got the brunt of it first, but like that's not to say that yeah. these other groups and cultures. Like didn't experience any form of discrimination. Yeah, yeah. I, and I can't. Yeah. I I don't. I like. I don't want to make it seem like that because I actually got into like a like a like a disagreement with a dude on TikTok about this. Like he made it seem like I was. I'm not trying to say that like other groups haven't experienced that that discrimination because like I have learned. He actually gave me some like facts about like um about Latino um people who like there was some type of racist act in the 1930s that I that, that I can't recall. Um, just like like other groups have experienced discrimination in this country, but not at this not not in the same history that Black people have. I know, like when we start trying to compare, yeah, in the, in like, it 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 get tricky. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it do get tricky. It do get tricky because like cause like Asians have experienced discrimination, like like Mexicans, like like this, and all 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 the ethnic groups that 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 are not white, yeah, or don't fall into that white diaspora. Yeah. I mean, granted, like back in the day, like Irish were seen, but then they. Italian. Coalesced into the, into what is now considered white American. Exactly. Exactly. You know, they they assimilated into that. But what I, what, what I was trying to say is that like affirmative action was created 
in, in large part for for black people. I'm not saying other groups should should um shouldn't benefit from it, but a lot there are like a like a lot of immigrants and their and their children who whose families like like I heard like like Indian immigrants and stuff like that like. Like a lot of a lot of immigrants who have come into this country had like some type of advantage when they when they came in like by what from this like 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 usually a lot of time like the immigrants who were allowed to come to the United States had some sort of professional degree yeah had some type of degree like they were that like, or they a skill were, they were just letting any any immigrants oh, no. into the country Absolutely. like they were they were they were giving them businesses you know like business grants like all that stuff oh, when wow. they came into the country you know because I never thought I mean about that. like. A lot of immigrants who came to the United States were like, were the quote unquote best of their respective population, you know, compared to compared to black people. Um, and that, they just give it to any any of us. No, no, they wouldn't. We wouldn't get anything. Yeah, we were. We since we were already here, there was no need for them to be able to provide us with any sort of like economical benefit. Whereas like. Yeah, like maybe like Indian immigrants or or, uh, or Asian immigrants, they would come over and with just, nothing. With, no, not with nothing. Or they would come over with nothing, but they would get something and then be able to continue to build on that. I think is that yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and I think that um, I I I don't want to go into the whole like comparison game and yeah. stuff like that because you know it does. Get One day I will. You know, but but I do think that I, I do think that affirmative action is like. Is it's necessary and it's important, but at the same time, I do, I do like, I do, I like when this country shows its ass, like, and from that standpoint, I mean, like, you know, like these these people never really wanted affirmative action. Like, if you don't want me in that space, you know, it's like, I think that we should create our own spaces as, as black people. And and that and I'm sorry I feel to cut like you off. Much of a head start, bro. I'm sorry. Like I just that that that's like, like it that's, is it is so like as much as I would like. Yeah, I know that's the hard. Thing like like I just it's just it's just not realistic, bro. Like, you don't yeah. think it's realistic like, for great. black I mean, we, could, we could we could create our own black banks, bro. Like we could create our own like you know we could create a black Wall Street or whatever, bro. But when I tell you like the amount of legislation that would have to be passed, the amount of like the amount of like near impossible scenarios to be able to happen for a black bank to be able to take off the same way that JP Morgan did, that Wells Fargo did, or the same way that, you know, all these other corporations have taken off. Like it is like this is this is generations in the making. Like, like hundreds of years. Like bro, right? like there is there is no there's no way that we would be able to I think the best bet, bro, is like to just Take the rules that have been given to us, bro, and just beat the system, bro. Like beat the system. Take, take, take whatever, take whatever, take whatever. You know, if they want to confine us to this, 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 and this, like, do whatever you can and just beat the system, bro. Like, I don't think that's impossible. Man, I, uh, I couldn't agree with you more, brother. Um, I actually took that ideology to us like a different level. Um. What happens when you beat the system? I mean, I don't think it's a matter of beating it, bro. I think it's just a matter of being able to achieve a certain level of economic empowerment, bro. And that thing is, that's like, that's an ongoing task, bro. I feel like the problem with the black community is we've we've been associated with poverty for so fucking long, bro. Fact. 
that this has like become what we identify ourselves with. Yes, we have like cultural issues where we're promoting the wrong things, maybe, but I don't think that's a maybe. <laughs> we're, like we have cultural issues that are that are taking us back from kind of like being able to uh, achieve in these environments that are more polished and professional, bro. But like, I think the goal for us should just be economic empowerment for our community bro like hmm. like shoot bro if if nigerians can do it we can do it that's that's a fact i think that uh we have the capacity to provide for ourselves um, better than anybody because uh we built this system even though we have been but we clearly dissident. don't understand it bro well i think <sighs> I'm not going to get into my uh, thoughts. Uh, the question that we just asked was, where do you think that the black community is headed? And Miles was about to say. Um, I mean, I jokingly said extinction. <laughs> I, I, I'm, and when I say extinction, I mean, like, when we think about, like, the traditional, like, African-American community, like, descendants of slaves. Mm -hmm. Like, I just, like, mm. I, I'd be curious. I'd be curious to see what, like, our birth rate numbers are in comparison to our immigrant counterparts who are coming in from places like you know, Nigeria or play just other African countries or other wow. people who are now considered a part of the diaspora. Mm -hmm. But like I think I think I think the, the black community is, is changing. I mean, I think we we definitely, you know, got our got our got our a little lick back like after George Floyd. I mean at least from my perspective, like with like after the death of George Floyd, bro, like there was so much like emphasis on diversity, equity, and inclusion that we were kind of, I don't want to say like forced into like white spaces, but we were we were welcomed with what seemed more open arms than we ever had. So I think I think this next generation, like I'm, uh. Y'all stay on point, but I think this next generation, or like our generation, I think we're going to see a lot more black people in this, in leadership positions, in and being able to take part in shaping what America is going to look like in the future. I think it's mm -hmm. going to be a much more diverse America. I mean, I, I hate to say it when I say diverse, I mean, I don't mean just less white males, I mean, diverse as in like a lot more ethnic groups, like you know, blacks. Hispanics, Asians, uh, South Asians, like I think I think we're gonna see a lot of this. And I think programs and stuff that took root in like twenty twenty and then you know, ended possibly with like affirmative action. Yeah. Are are going to be able to bear their fruits like ten years, twenty years from now. Joe? Man. I think that's I think that's a good point. The I think that's yeah, ooh, ooh, I wanna hear Justice. Where I think the black community is going. What do you think that the black community is headed? No, like it's um it's an interesting question. I feel like sometimes something that I battle with a lot is like, you know, like trying to maintain hope mm. for for our society. What what kind of hope? You know, like I feel like I see so many negative things that occur, you know, especially with like education. K to twelve education, like man, like like a lot of black children are not getting educated properly, bro. Like, 
I think also is that they're not interested, but keep going. But it's like, can you can you really blame a child for not wanting to learn? You you create an interested child. Like you can like you get children excited about education. That's I feel like that's so crazy. Like you had a poli sci background. Mm-hmm. I have like a finance background. I went to economics. You went to education. Yeah. Like that's crazy to me. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> that is crazy. Man, look, we we done siloed ourselves. That's I'm crazy. listening. I'm listening. Like I think that you know, like when you want to create um, a society that is that is that is powerful, yeah. um, that is that is that is strong and has like knowledge of self and is prideful. You know, I think it, it does start with like education, and I think mm-hmm. you know wanting to at least be educated and hear different perspectives, like like like. You you can't want to improve the black community if nobody wants to improve it. You know. Like, I have to ask you a question. Like, like a lot of these kids aren't. If a lot of them don't even care about that stuff, um, I think that the black the black community, um, you know, like like Dr. Claude Henderson has always said, you know, like, like do we even have a black community anymore, or do we just have a bunch of individuals? Um, because like when you go to different communities or something like that, like if you like take the like the Asian American community for example, like mm-hmm. when you go to like a Chinatown or a Japantown stuff like that, like you know when you're in that area, like like you already know, like you can see the cultural landmarks, you can you can see the businesses, you can see all that stuff, like 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 how many places can you go in America? And you see the same thing for the black community, you know, like, I think zero. Nah, bro. I'm not going to lie, bro. I think what has become black culture has become hip hop culture. So, yeah, but like, but I disagree with you. But with that, like as our as a baseline, bro, like I feel like we've we've just kind of diluted ourselves across everybody, bro. I will agree with that. Like, I think the perspective like like, bro, like what is the black community? Like, like when we describe it, like where is it? But like, but is it? Do we? Is it? We fail to see it because it's so entrenched in everything that we that we do. Like our music is everywhere, our clothing is everywhere, our language is everywhere. Like because like the black community is so basically like inseparably tied to what being a, a black American is. Like. Like of course it's not gonna look like freaking little Africa. Yeah. Like it's not gonna look like that. Like we've never looked like that. Yeah, and I, I think one of the the interesting like and I, I mean, <laughs> what you're saying something that like that that I agree with, and I always say, and I I also add that I think that when it comes to black culture and stuff like that, I think that when you when you are in those all black spaces like like a like 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 a Howard or something like that, I think there are. Or just an HBCU, like, and anywhere where where the black community is, like, is 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 significant in numbers. Like, there are things that black people do that that I don't think the other that that mainstream American culture doesn't know about. But I feel like mainstream American culture thinks that they know us better than they actually do. If that makes sense, because like they hear all the hip hop, they hear our slang, like they 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 see our clothes, you know, they they. They, they associate that stuff with black culture and they're all the negatives with that too, like all, all the more negative aspects of those different things that I just named and they begin to associate black culture with just like, with just like hip hop when 
when when I, when I think it is I think it is much more than than that. We're just never keep going. Like, what what is it? Like like if we were to like really tangibly say like okay like okay let me the say Asian it. community is I can they, they you have to say like they have like traditional clothing yeah i would say that 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 black culture is you know like that i kind of want to say that 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 culture that is formed out of resistance if that makes sense you know like like a lot of the things that we do are kind of like that we kind of do subconsciously are kind of like antithetical to how americans traditionally move if that makes sense and it's like it's difficult to explain because a lot of that. That's the word of the day. I need okay, you to re, I need you to rearticulate that word right there. Antithetical. Yes, please. Just just like that, the opposite. So okay, just okay. Describe okay. describe the Asian culture. I feel like that's describe the Asian culture to me, and then let's see if we can just find some like comparisons or not even comparisons. So let me let, let me give you let me give you my my definition of blackness or my definition of what the black community is. Okay. I believe it's. It is the abundance of resilience that we all have um, when we have faced. But it, okay. it goes deeper, though. It goes deeper than that because why is it that when we are faced with adversity, right, we have similar reactions to it, right? I don't like to stereotype, but when uh, this day and age, a lot of young black men are a lot more uh, bipolar in a sense of uh, they're completely non-confrontational or they're way too confrontational, right? And so with, within that, the, the polarity spectrum of that would, in my mind, it would be conflict resolution, right? And so when I look at that, I look at how we address conflict. And every time we address conflict, nine times out of ten, we're going to address it head on. Because that's just who we are as people, as a people. But, like, I feel like these are all things that, that do not define a culture, but maybe define kind of like a mode of thought. Granted, like, you can define mm -hmm. mode of thought as a culture or, like, you know, people share these similarities in thought and similarity, similarities in experiences and therefore they take on a specific identity. Mm -hmm. But, like, Asian culture. Okay. Uh, red is considered a lucky color. Uh, eight is considered an unlucky number. Uh, they have okay, a traditional food. Okay. Uh, they have a a language. Mm -hmm. They have. Uh, I see what you. I see. I see. Like what have, I see where you're going. They have a clothing. They have their own they calendar. Have music, they like, have. Yeah. Like if we look, I bet you, if we look yeah. up the definition of like what culture is, it's going to come up as traditions as and customs. Yeah. Traditions and customs, yeah. stuff like that. So like, but like when we look at black culture. Like I feel like hip hop is our is our is our music or like rap is our music or our let's go R and B. Let's go R and B. I I think that I think that, that perspective um is interesting because we have to look at all music. If you look at all music, we created all of music. Um no, but like, even like, if you look even like at the beginning of music, Beethoven himself was a more, right? And so and so, if you look at that and how Shakespeare and how Shakespeare himself was a uh, was a more right, 
then you start going like down the they time. They Shakespeare wasn't even a real person. They say they say he was a collective of a few people. people. Yeah, but, but like, but like, yeah. but like going back to that thing, it's like, what would be the black culture? Yeah, I think that, as I said, though, it's the resilience, but not necessarily the resilience itself, but the ramifications of what happens after, like that form the identity. Like resilience would probably be the attribute. But it's not necessarily like the identity factor. You know what I'm saying? So like, for instance, I've been through a lot in my life, right? And I've bounced back numerous times, right? But you wouldn't necessarily look at me and call me resilient. You would just look at the things that I have been through, right? And the products of what I have been through and the successes that I've like come out with, those are the things that I would qualify as my identity. So when I look at the black community, I look at what have we championed? I see what you're saying. You know, because like rap is something and rap and hip hop is something that we can champion because it's something that's resilient. Right. That's not how the rest of the world looks at it. Yeah. They look at it as something that's like, oh, it's cool. It's hip. You know what I'm saying? It's not necessarily a reflection of resiliency, which is why rap has progressed into what it is now. Word. But when I look at hip hop, I see that as something that in a sense encompasses almost every aspect of black culture because it is so deeply rooted in resiliency i see you i see you okay okay i you get know it. you know yeah and uh, yeah I, I i agree with that and I, I think that one thing that that is like interesting about black culture in itself is that like black culture what what we know as black culture today like came up in america Ooh. You know, like came up. Go in deeper area. into that. I like so, that like, part. You know, and I and I and like when you talk about like this is civil rights movement and like integration and stuff. Like I didn't that. say that part. I said that part just just for all the you know the millennials out there. I don't even know what are we generation Z or X. <laughs> but 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 I think that when we talk about like integration and all that stuff like that. Yeah. I had read in like um, Cat's class and raised by Oliver, by, by Oliver Cox. Cat's class, wow. Yeah. Go crazy. Yeah. You showed me that book. I remember yeah. you showed it's, me that book. It's, it's, it's a fat book. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a fat one. But um, I, in in the section about race, he talked about like 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 assimilation, and mm -hmm. he like he, he wrote it in 1948, and this is before the civil rights movement and all that stuff. Well, before it became like mainstream, and I think that. Wow, that's actually very deep. Yeah, and and I think that he he said that like our culture like I, he 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 didn't say this, but this is what I infer from it that like Black American culture is kind of like we were always going to integrate or assimilate. Yeah, because that is like the that is kind of like the modem of our culture. Like once once we were released from slavery, like we didn't have any other culture to imitate. So we started imitating white culture. Like we wanted to create, we wanted to create success and how white Americans view success. You know, we started, we started building like cities and, and towns and all, and all that stuff, you know, like, what else was we supposed to do? Wow. You know, that's deep. Keep like, like, like what else are we supposed to do? Like we, it's not like we can just go back to Africa and, and, and get back with that culture. We're going to, I, uh, I got shot down. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah Garveyism. Exactly. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and like, I, it's 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 interesting because like, 
we we had once existed in those more like separated like enclaves you know like we had existed in those black communities where like we were you know where, where our music was like where it wasn't mainstream where where like white people used to go to harlem and try to get a dose of that black culture yeah because, because it's like yeah like, this, this stuff is crazy like, cotton club yeah that black culture. <laughs> a dose yeah. of it get no. that jab boy you know like black culture, you know, like it was like it was created in 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 America, you know, like there there are vestiges of that African culture within black culture that are that are that are harder to see now, um, but they still exist, especially like when you like go down south, you know. Like, oh, when, you when, see when all when that. You go to the, the food, yeah. When you go to the black American homeland, you know, like as, as I like to call it, you know, like. Is it would you call it the motherland? Yeah, I mean, the Black American the, motherland. The Black American motherland, you know, like the South. And, 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 and I, and it's, That's tokened. Yeah, and it's like that. That's coined right now. I just want you to know that you know, Black Lotus just coined that. Coined what? The Black American homeland or Black American motherland. Look, he gonna have to go back. But I think that um, like this, you can get a conversation about if if the Great Migration kind of like hurt the black community um Ooh. like a, a lot because like it separated like Ooh. a lot of us from that culture like you know like 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 my grandmother my grandmother grew up in san francisco like she, wow. she moved here in 1948 and and she went to, she went to integrated high school that's got the same story bro that's why do we all have the same because story because that's how black people ended up in all these various places yeah like my my grandmother went to washington high school in san francisco and like she went to washington yeah. Damn. <laughs> what did you do? Well, okay, my grandma didn't go to high school out here, but okay. she moved out here. But my, but she had the same story. My grandma moved out here. My 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 grandpa moved out here. I mean, our families know each other, yeah. so like, you know, like my grandma went to be high. That's crazy. But, but uh, and my my grandfather grew up in Amarillo, Texas, mm-hmm. and then he he moved out here when he was twenty. So he went to high schools out, out out there and everything. And he, my grandma was telling me like. Uh, like like a year ago, something like that. That like my when my grandfather first came here, like, he knew all these things about like black culture because like that's what was like taught to him. Because you know he, he grew up in like black areas as opposed to like my grandmother. Like my grandma grew up in, like integrated environments and stuff like that. So that that black What's culture that experience back then. Like I feel like that ties in literally to what we're talking about now. Yeah. What was, what was Everything's connected. Like integrated experience. Well, like. Her, her integrated experience was like was interesting and she was saying that like they didn't even really know about like, all the stuff that was happening to black people in the south like like they didn't they didn't know like she she was she was she was showing me her, her yearbook like yesterday um the class of 1957 like 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 showing me her yearbook and she was showing like, all the clubs and stuff like that and she was like yeah like we didn't know what was going on like, they didn't tell us anything. So she was born in the 30s? Yeah. Oh yeah. God. But she was telling me like my grandma grew up in film and, and and she always told me about how it was like like it was all black community like she yep. said she 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 talks about it very glowingly she was like we had everything there you know like we had we had black businesses we had we had community stores we had churches restaurants like we had we had everything um and, and I, I feel like that essence is kind of like it, it it depicts black culture in a different way oh, you, I you, you can like more. go into like a black area yeah. and see 
like what what all, what all of our different stuff is like. What is the difference between our culture as opposed to it being kind of just like assimilated into like American culture? And I feel that now. Okay, you know I feel I mean? you. It's yeah. like having this area where everything is owned by black people. Like the, like the restaurant right here represents what my what my native food would be, or yeah. I can go to this place right here and this dude been making suits for me since I was a kid. Yeah. Or like I can go over here and I can worship on the church and the I feel that exactly feel that. we don't have or we do have it it's just considered the ghetto now yeah exactly it's it's just considered the ghetto and when we, we just, just haven't seen it but it's not owned by us no it's, we can get into a conversation about like like urban renewal and on all those policies that 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 destroyed like a lot of those black communities and stuff yeah. like that but what was urban renewal you want to give me a little history lesson oh my god I'm gonna let him do it because he can do it the best he can do it the best okay, okay. Dose. I'll give you like. I'll give you like a quick summary, um, but this is urban renewal is like one of the things that really fucked up the black community that that that, that nobody really talks about. Um, and basically, after World War Two, that thing there is the beginning of gentrification. Wasn't yeah, it? I never even I thought about. I never even connected that. I never even connected that. Wow. Okay, feel go ahead. Gentrification ahead. next. Okay. After urban uh, renewal. Okay. okay. Actually, but we'll get back to this on the next episode. Ah. No, no, no. <laughs> Thank you guys for watching another episode of the Black Brothers Podcast. Are you ending it right now? No, this is just this is break. This is uh, it's the second part. It's the end of the second part. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Peace. <laughs> Welcome back to the Black Lotus Podcast. This is the final part of this episode. Um, we have the brilliant mind of Miles Savage with us. I am your co-host Mike Blue. Josiah Jacobs. And uh, we were about to get into urban renewal. Okay, okay. So what I was gonna say is that after World War II, um, the GI Bill and all that stuff, like yeah. white America had to integrate their their troops back into what was about to be like a burgeoning American economy. You know, like America being a post-war economy, plus it being the only country that wasn't really destroyed after World War II. Yep. It, it, it had a unique place as a superpower and everything. So mm. this. This prosperity allowed for, like, they wanted their white troops to be straight, and they wanted to really buy into the system. So they started building all these, all these suburbs and stuff like that. And I, I, usually, people had lived in the city, um, so they had, or just like around the city and stuff like that. But they started building these suburbs that were further away from the city and stuff like that. So when they built these suburbs, these suburbs were were just for white people like they weren't for black people you know like the a lot of the white loans, yeah yeah like a lot of the loans like over 67,000 black 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 men applied for the GI bill and only 100 got the benefits the benefits were free college repeat that repeat that one more time 67,000 black men applied for the GI bill 67,000 my yes. nigga yes 67,000 that's, that's, that's yes. the detriment of a nation bro yes. oh my yes. god and and it's crazy i learned this like a few weeks ago like a lot of the, a lot of the benefits of the GI bill went to like like a lot of these big white schools that we see today like a lot of these big like public white institutions like they got hella money from the GI Bill, bro. That's why the, that's why a lot of schools are, are so big now. And HBCUs didn't get any of those funds. Yeah, go back. But why was that? Why was what? Why did that happen? Brown versus Board of Education. No, that, that, that was that's, a Brown. That, no, time. that's that's not even a Brown v. Board thing, bro. Like this is before Brown v. Board. I know, but this you don't 40s. think. But you don't think that that all came together that way? 
Why do you think they they siphoned the money right then and there? They knew it right then and there. Brown, Brown, all the all Brown the schools scored, were gone by the sixties. Brown scored, that, that, that was more of like a K through twelve thing, though. I'm talking about like that, colleges. I, that, that's what I'm oh, saying. Oh, talking about colleges. But that, but that's yeah. also what I'm saying. It has to start somewhere. You see what I'm saying? It started with the colleges. But like the thing about Brown v. Board though is like 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 white people didn't want that to happen. Like the, they it's just, it's not like they were they were planning for its success. Like they didn't want Brown v. Board to happen. And honestly, like it was even, like if it was implemented differently, it would be. It was, this is kind of what I wanted to say earlier when you said I was itching. Um, like like I was wanted to say that like Brown v. Board in itself wasn't like it wasn't like it wasn't like the worst thing to happen. It was just implemented the wrong way. Like. If, Go into that. If it was, if if they actually made like Brown v. Board, like if, if it's a side, if if they had given the equal money to the black schools as they did to the white schools, you know, like these school systems would, would look completely different. That that would actually be real integration. Real integration is not is it's not the BS that we got now, where 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 we're only one side. Assimilates yeah. to the other culture and factuality. White people don't go into black culture like like it's supposed to be. Black people have their own stuff. White people have their own stuff. Now we can all like go go into into, into each other's businesses. If that's the dream of integration, I can get behind that. You know, like that's 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 what it was supposed to be. Um, but but see, I thought that's what segregation was supposed to be. No, segregation was like y'all stay over there, we stay, we over, stay here. over here. But, <laughs> but the that. whole premise of it was separate but equal. But they but, never assured us equality with integration. But 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 segregation was equal either though. Were we doing better with with integration? What, were we? I mean, segregation wasn't equal though. Like like. But then, that's how it was propagandized. I don't know if I said that right, but I think that was how you're supposed to say it. But. That's how that's how it was presented to us. Segregation. Yeah, it was presented to us as separate but equal. Well, yeah, yeah. The, the, the that's why integration ended up actually getting passed. Yeah, that's because we because, determined that it wasn't separate but equal, and yeah. therefore integration needed to happen. And I think with that, we just completely got rid of the idea that we could have equal. Well, okay, okay, okay. Let me continue the whole the whole yeah. thing because it it connects. Um, but like. So after that, they, they started building all those suburbs. And what they needed to get white people to those suburbs was the highways. So with the, 19, over the with the 1956 Highway Commission Act, it gave the government the permission to like move, um, to like build highways over different parts of the city so they could get these white people um, transported, you know, from their suburbs to their jobs in, in, in the city and stuff like that. So a lot of these highways were built through black communities. like. Like I recommend y'all look at the page, the Instagram page, segregation by design, which is which is which is outlines like all like it happened in like every and read the book, The Color of Law, which is outlines, oh man, that was a, that's a great which, book right there. Which is outlines the whole the whole process. Like they literally built highways through through damn near every black business district. Like you go through like like Detroit, San Francisco, like like like. I don't know. Houston, Dallas, like Miami, like you can go in every, like all these big cities had a black area. They like, like they had that black area that I was talking about. They had that black community, and they built the, those eminent domain. Eminent domain. My great grandma lost her house because of eminent domain. Bro. No way. Yes, bro. Affected. Yes. Just think about Through this. Do the Fillmore district. They, they did that Fillmore. twice. They did that twice. Manifest destiny and eminent domain. It's bro. the exact same thing. Yeah, like it's like trailer tears, like like modern day trailer tears. Like y'all gotta 
Y'all gotta pack up and go. Y'all gotta back your shit up and get the fuck out of here. Then we're gonna put black people in the projects. Alright, now now connecting this all back, thank you for that history lesson. How y'all feel about gentrification though? It's like. Because, like, I, I, I mean, like, because, I mean, like, as somebody with real estate development aspirations, bro, like, I'm, like, I feel like I got a contrary opinion where it's kind of like, if I'm giving you money to purchase your home and you say, fuck your community, I'm out of here and I'm going to just give it to somebody else, whose fault is it really? Especially if there was a wealth transfer. I'm paying you. I'm paying you to purchase your let home. Me, let me, and I'm, I'm going in the community. I'm, I'm paying part. everybody. I'm paying everybody to purchase their home. Let me ask you and this we question. Gonna, and we're going to build this up. Let me ask you this question. Mm-hmm. If a person comes to your doorstep in the middle of a crisis, right, and says that they can fix it, right, are you going to take that? Are you going to take the fix or are you going to say, fuck you and keep fixing it myself? Especially if for general... So that's exactly the that's that's what's going on because what I noticed that was is a manufactured crisis. This is what I don't know. I think see this is the thing. I think a lot of the times it is a manufactured crisis because a lot of these big development firms and a lot of these big construction companies they want that property, right? So they'll literally buy up all the foreclosed homes or all the abandoned homes on blocks, right, in the hood, and then. Once they have a good control over that, they'll go to the other, um, they'll go to the home people, right? They'll go to the homeowners, right? And they'll walk up to them and say, hey, I'll offer you this in cash right now. Yeah. You want that? Some people are going to say yes because they don't know better, right? Yeah. Because they don't know that they have something that's of value, right? They're not even thinking twice of why this person wants this. They're thinking, oh, I, there's money right there. Let me go grab that. I can go get something bigger and shinier, right? Now I'm not. Now I will. I will never support like sharking people, like you know, lowballing somebody and and trying to. And that's what they do. But keep going. Their property at like a a, a hell of discounted price, yeah. or you know, you you actually manufacture a crisis yeah. and then present a solution of I'm gonna buy your home to get you out of this. That's that's out of the question for me. Mm-hmm. But like, I feel like it wouldn't be gentrification if the people moving into these communities were wealthy black people or. If the developer that's, that's purchasing up this property was somebody black, I mean, you can still use black. But I think the problem is with the, with the, you know, you got the explosion, you create the vacuum, and then what comes in, mm-hmm. what comes in after. I feel like that's the problem, and people don't agree or don't get along with the culture after that. I think that would ginger. Okay. When you say like manufacture a crisis, are you talking? Are you talking about about something specific? Or no, I'm I'm just okay. saying because like okay. I, I just thought of like a, a scenario of like okay what would what would what would be considered gentrification that I wouldn't agree with, and it was if, if people had like a manufactured crisis like they're creating a problem and then they're proposing a solution. But yeah. I don't know about that. I'm I got to do some more research. But if that was what the original term of gentrification was, then that's crazy. Gentrification only happened because white people wanted what we had. Saw an opportunity for them to be able to move closer into these cities, and, or they saw an opportunity to be able to purchase real estate at a discounted rate, and they thought that they could add value to an area, and they decided to act on that dream of adding value to an area that ultimately uh, 
displaced the people who were already in these communities. That brings up a very interesting. Uh, that that brings up a very interesting point of the white savior complex. I never thought about, but at, but essentially, it's still the same thing. They wanted what we had. Uh, I mean. Not necessarily, but like, but that, not necessarily like the karamity, but like I'm saying, like literally, what we had. I they mean, wanted the house. It, they wanted. When you frame it like they want what we have. It's no, like, no, what we not what we have. We don't have it anymore. Okay, okay. They want what we have. It's mm -hmm. kind of like, ooh, I'm about to come in and just rob these black folks. Versus, versus. I mean, yeah. I, I can you see, see what I'm saying. I see what you're saying. It's like, it's like, oh, that black person has it. I want it. I'm gonna get it. Not even that. It's like, oh, I messed up. You know what I'm saying? We offered them these industrial jobs in Richmond, and now they have port jobs in Oakland, and now they bought up all the houses in West Oakland, and now we are building up all these skyscrapers where we don't have nowhere to live, right? Because they already own the houses. And now I'm thinking, oh, wait, how are we going to be able to live in there? The, the suburbs way too far. Oh, I know what we can do. We just built out many mansions out there and marketing them as something that's better, even though they're built on landfills. And we just sell, we just give them enough money to buy those mini mansions. And we just come in and take our houses back. The only part that I disagree with that, and I don't even disagree with that because that's, you know, completely plausible, is like the amount of work or not even work, the amount of evidence it would take to actually prove that somebody was thinking those thoughts and actually acted on those thoughts versus it was, I see an opportunity to be able to purchase property at a discounted rate and I'm going to purchase this property at a discounted rate so I can build it up because I see a desire for white people to be able to move, not white people, more affluent people to be able to move into the cities is... Like connecting those dots is like crazy. Like I'm not jumping. I need I need a bridge. Well, I mean, we had the jobs. Like they they literally the Great Migration happened because we needed port jobs. We needed those people to work in those factories for to make those. Uh, I thought the, the Great war Migration machines. happened because we was trying to get the hell up out of the South. It, it was it was a mixture of both. There was two Great Migrations, if I'm not mistaken, right? Where to the, uh, the the first one in the 1910s and then the second one in the 1940s and 50s. Yeah. A lot of it was like a lot of it was to escape the South, but a lot of it was also to to get a better life too. Yeah, better because economics. Because, okay, because of job opportunities. Word. There we go. Because job opportunities. Like that's why my grandfather moved from Amarillo, Texas. Like he was like, I need, I want to improve my life. Like I want to get a. Oh my job. wait. That's wild as shit. No, nah, because my my grandma she moved out here. This man about to have an epiphany. <laughs> have a thoughtgasm. <laughs> my my aunt, my grandma or my great auntie, she moved out here. She moved out here before my grandma, and my grandma came and moved out here with her when she was in her twenties. My grandma was born in the forties. Well, we got similar stories, bro. Y'all So boy. so my grandma, my grandma came, my grandma came in nineteen ten, probably in that first great migration, yep. and then my. My grandma, my, my actual grandma, she came in after her to live with her in that second wave. Your family from Texas or Louisiana? Neither. Alabama, Mississippi, Arkansas, and Oklahoma. Mm. Okay. That's okay. the four grandparents. Okay. okay. Um, that's interesting. I'm, I'm, it's interesting to see how the ones from Alabama, Mississippi come to the West Coast. 
Because cause usually people from Alabama and Mississippi went to like Chicago. Chicago. So we got hella family in Chicago. You know what's really funny about that? I got hell I got heck of family in Chicago. We got mad family in Chicago. That's where the train stations are. that's where the train lines went. Yep. My the reason why my grandma made it out here, I don't know why my my grandma on my dad's side ended up coming out here. But I know my grandma on my mom's side, she ended up coming out here because my auntie lived out here. And she came to live with her sister. Yeah. Uh and then my grandpa, damn, I gotta find out. He was from Oklahoma. He was, he was probably Cherokee. Why the hell is black people in Oklahoma? Actually, my there were a lot of black people in Oklahoma. Yeah. Like what? Like there yeah. were also hella, yeah. hella black people. Damn. Yeah, hella black people in Oklahoma. They dispersed from Tulsa, bro. Yeah, I don't know why my grandpa. It's interesting that you say that though, Joe, because what was the epiphany that you had? Yeah. Bro. Yeah. Bro, I, I want you to think about this. I work sports now, yeah. right? And so I look at all the people, even at you, you know, your pops works at the port, right? Just call me. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your pops work at the port, bro. Word. And as I'm as I'm down there, I kind of look at like the environment that's you know that's down there. I, I I'll save the environment for a different podcast that I'll probably do with the. Uh, the co-worker sure. but yeah but what i will say is this it makes complete sense why your grandfather was a longshoreman and I, it didn't really click to me it didn't click to me it didn't click to me that your grandfather also moved from the south to get that job how do you and, know about it how did he know about it i mean i don't even know i don't know how he how did information travel back I don't know how we got the job. Whoa, that's an even deeper question. Because how did he know about that? Who told him about that job? He he didn't move to San Francisco trying to find like that job. He just knew because he he had brothers who lived out here. His oldest brother lived out here in San Francisco. So what did he do? And 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 his father, his father lived out here too. But he he didn't really know his father as 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 well. But he knew his brother. He was was close with his brother. So he, he moved in with his brother. Um, and then he was just trying to find this fine work and everything when he was out here. Um, but yeah, no, my, my grandfather worked two jobs, but he was a longshoreman and an engineer. What? Yeah, for like over he 30 years. He could have engineer or some shit? Nah. They, they just... Um, By trade. That's crazy. He just, he, he learned it. I, I don't know how he learned it, but he was a well By trade. Bro, I swear to God, college degrees are a fucking scam, bro. I, I, I'm, oh, don't get I'm, me started. I'm, Please don't get I'm, me started. I'm pretty Please sure, don't get me started. I'm pretty sure that he might have learned those skills in high school, but I'm not sure. They even just, more fucking proof that this shit is a fucking scam. Oh my god! The fact that you can take a high school student and turn him into an engineer without having to get a four year degree, bro. Bro, I want us to bro, think about my this. Uncle, my uncle was an engineer at the, at, the, at, the, at the San Francisco airport. Like he one of the best dudes there. Like they, they look at him as, as a legend over there. He don't have a college degree either. Bro, that is wild to me, bro. You know, they just wanted to get us in debt, man. They wanted to sell that American dream to us. Bro, this is my thing. College used to be free before black people had had major access to the institutions. Not all college was free, but it was significantly cheaper. But in California, it was free. It was it, you, college, public college used to be free in California, bro. Okay, I will say this: the increased access to college education 
along with the privatization of certain universities. Mm -hmm. I think that probably contributed to the increase in price or the beginning of the price. The the increase in price, but also um, the the price of college went up like crazy during the Ronald Reagan presidency. Economics. Um, Wait, didn't uh, when was taking off the gold standard? Nineteen seventy-two. Was Nixon. Reagan? Nixon. Oh, Nixon. Yeah. Was Nixon? Nixon before after Reagan? Before. Before. Okay, so I've been happening. Okay, like, continue with the. But, but like the thing about Reagan is like, Reagan was governor of California from nineteen sixty-seven to nineteen seventy-five, and, and under hers, and under under his governorship, he 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 implemented a tuition for uh, for all public colleges in, in California. Why? Um, a lot of that was because to make it harder for because he hated college students. Because those were the people who were really protesting all, all, all these ideas that, all, all the things that, that he believed in. Because, you know, like, in that time period, like, college students were, like, were, like super, like, anti-war and, like, anti-establishment. Yeah. Heavy Republican. Damn. When America was red last time it was him? When America was, like... Red. Red state Republican. Go Cali, um, I think. Wasn't Jimmy, uh... Was Jimmy blue or red? Jimmy Carter. Yeah, he was a Democrat. Oh. Um, I I think California was California was, was red for a minute. Um, but continue. Maybe, My maybe, but like, but like, but like, yeah, like, yeah, like Reagan. Um, like, like the, the the student loans, all that stuff. Like, like that, like that era of like. I don't, I don't even just put this on Reagan, but just like mm -hmm. that, that whole conservative authority, like, made sure that college was 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 a lot harder to access for like for like different types of people because. Though that's what's questioning these the American order, the the American establishment, because like I said earlier, you know, like college college students was was really like fucking shit up, like in the nineteen sixties, you know, like that's that's when they established all these black studies departments in these in these universities, like Temple. after the civil yeah, like after the civil rights movement and all that stuff, and 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 he he hated that, so you know, like the best way to make it not accessible or 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 at least like stick it to these black people or just all these people in general is just like to add that cost to make it not as accessible for people of color and stuff like that. So then why wasn't we going to college before then? Why weren't we going to college before? Yeah. Um, when it was free. Well, well, there wasn't as many black people out in California yet. And actually, I was I was reading... Um, I know it's still blatant racism. I, I was reading, like, um... Was it good? Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it was hard to get to college as a black person. Well, I'm, I'm like, saying, like, there was just blatant, like, racism, though. Like, deterring black people from going to these institutions. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, and, and, and black people was, was still going, but like, their like their their quotas. Like, I was, I've been reading the autobiography of Robert F. Smith, who was a um, a black political science scholar. I've been reading it recently, and he was like, he he actually he went to UCLA. Um, wait a minute, hmm. Robert F. Smith. No, I mean, I mean Robert C. Smith. I'm sorry. Ooh, I was about to say, wait, Robert F. Smith, black billionaire. Brother, brother, I found out I might have a connect. No way. <laughs> <laughs> But 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 yeah, he was talking about like when when he first got into college, like I think like UCLA was like less than like like it, it had like like less than a hundred black students. That's so crazy. Like, it was it was crazy. Like they weren't really in California. Was like hella racist. Um, back back then, bro, it was crazy racist. Um, so that's that's why black people weren't really going. In. Shout out to Albany. Back then, as much. Um, and, and like I was saying, like like black people hadn't hadn't migrated as much yet. Um, and, and and they black people used to work like like college wasn't always looked at as like the pathway to like success. Yeah.
Go get your ass a factory job. Yeah, yeah, a, yeah. Go and have you a baby at 20 years old, and you're going to be cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you, like, black people was in the factories, right? bro. Imagine if we should really do that now, though. Like, we, it's not even an option anymore. No. It's, like, not even, like, an option. You could. I mean, you could go work at a Tesla factory and try to make a good living for yourself, but if you... They gonna overwork. I think, like, I think they, the they American dream changed as well. That's... Now, see, that's deep. That's deep. I don't even think... I don't... I think there's too many American dreams now. No, no, no. I think... I think it's new. You think that there's one, one? I think there's one new one, bro. What do you think, think it is? I don't think it's owning a home and owning a home, having a family, having a good job. Okay. I think that shit has just went straight to being a millionaire. Mm-hmm. Or like or like having some sort of like I, I, I don't think it's I don't wow. think it's something like extremely like realistic well granted. I hate to say it but like the American dream of what it was is not incredibly realistic. Like I think it is. It. I think it is realistic now compared to what it was back then. You think so? What, bro? This is the th- prices that homes going up. The amount that wages have not gone up. I'm saying. I'm saying compared to what it was back then because of a few different reasons. One, people have more access to resources now. Um, when I say that, I mean like literally around the world. Right. So like people have different markets that they're able to tap into, you know, and they have different sources of like information they can get it from. And so in that respect, I believe that um, America has opened it for anybody to be anybody. Right. And, And that wasn't how it was when we were first thinking about the American dream. Like racism was a like a heavy burden. Yeah, you know, and, and sexism was a heavy burden. Now anybody can do it, you know, and so they had to change the American dream because the nuclear family is not something that people respect anymore. You know, people don't respect a person who has a housewife or a dude who's a, who's a breadwinner, you know, and who's 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 Yeah, I, I don't know if people. I don't. I, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like what you're saying, Michael, is like. The illusion of choice, you know, like that's true. Yeah, like, like that's very like, true. Like, like, yeah, we can touch all these global markets and stuff like that. Yeah, we can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we, we can tap in. Yeah, we we have, yeah we we can tap in. Like, we have the potential to, but the amount of niggas acting on it. Yeah, very true. But like, in, even, but those people who are acting on it are those not the people who are millionaires? But like, but the American dream, in theory, in theory, the American dream is supposed to be achievable for the average person. Like, like the average person, not not everybody is gonna have like a fan base. Not, not, not everybody is going to be able to do that stuff. Because yeah. I mean, like, I mean, in, in the system, somebody has to like there, there are the haves and the have-nots in the system. Like, there, like, not everybody is going to be able to like achieve that. Like, not every capitalist. Man, tribalism all the way. <laughs> Man, I, I've really been like. I wouldn't feel like that's what people battle with in academia, bro. They get they get they get in academia for and they just mm-mm. Poly sci majors, they hate us at Temple. They hate us at Temple in this in this business school, bro. Like y'all hate us with a passion, bro. Because like I can see that. I can like, see that heavy. Capitalism I respect like, capitalists though. Keep on. Capitalism is like you know, I, I have I have great friends who are capitalists, and it's like I don't have a problem with like somebody being like a capitalist, so to say. But it's like 
it's I mean it's just not it's not made for everybody to succeed like you know like it's made for people to be at the bottom you know like like capitalism what is the bottom ooh poverty okay but like American poverty or like Somali poverty cause like I, I think like something that like like even like when I see like us as Americans look at people in other countries like we're like oh my god they're they're living in such dire conditions but I feel like that's us placing our expectation on them mm. like that's us placing our American expectation where we're already the 1% of the world mm. to these people granted I, I believe that everybody should have a, a right to food clean water clothing and shelter mm -hmm. but as to how much of these other luxuries that we kind of experience in modern in a first world country. Yeah. Like I'm like some sometimes that that type of stuff like like do you need that to be happy? I'll, yeah. I'll say that like I'll say that Ooh. like okay those people who are in, in Somalia or just any any impoverished country you know like I do think it is I don't think we that we should place like what our expectation mm -hmm. of happiness on those people because when you look at studies those are some of the happiest people. In the world, you know, like, right now, like taking the study, like, like they're 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 happy. Um, a lot of them are happy, but I will say that, like, that I mean, for even in this, even in America, like the the system of capitalism, like I don't think that it produces people who are fulfilled in life. Um, I think that it creates like an, an environment in which everybody is just trying to make money to survive it's but and i and i don't think that's how humans should be living um i think that like in our in our country today like like i'm i'm, I'm talking to like friends and stuff like that saying that like yeah i'm working this job but i don't feel f fulfilled and stuff like that like i don't feel like i'm doing something that is that is beneficial and it's like we're all doing this to just make money and just go along in this in this rat race and like sometimes like but I'm, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. One thing, no. Let me go go through what you're trying to thought. Because I, I remember this. Because like, I think that you know when you see like a lot of different like um, money making tutorials and just like advice on how to get money and stuff <laughs> like that. You know, it's like it's kind of like it's kind of like people expect to be unreasonable um, out of out of everybody. Like you have to be like a hustler. Like you like you like you gotta have like three four side hustles in order to in order to be happy. Um, and I and I and I, you know, like when, when I see that, it's like, it's like, is this really the way that we have to live to be fulfilled in this in this country? Um, yeah. You know, it's like, is this is this is for as for as advanced as society is, like, is this the best that we can do? Let me offer let me offer just this question. Do you think I think it's interesting that you brought up Somalia? Um, do you think that they rely on money as much? Uh, that's a good question. I don't um, think that there are countries that rely on money as much. Yeah, but I, I think I think I think more than do they rely on money. I think it's more of like the expectation for each of our worlds is different because of how much access to information it we might different. have is yeah. completely different. <laughs> like out here in America, it is nothing for me to flip on my phone and go look at fucking Grant Cardone and see that that nigga's balling. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas some motherfucking Somalia, he might not have a smartphone. Yeah. He, the 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 flyest nigga that he might yeah. see in his town is a motherfucker with, you know, like I don't know some fucking Jordans on, type shit. 
I, but, like, but that, but even that though, because mm-hmm. that you're still pushing an American expectation on that success. Okay, yeah. You see I, what I'm saying? I just use that as like an analogy. But like my my point though is is like I think kind of like to what you're saying in terms of like people are not happy, people are not fulfilled. Is that a product of them choosing, or excuse me, is that a product of them not meeting the expectations that they had for their life? Or is that more so a product of them not being fulfilled in the in the path that they chose for themselves? Like you made a decision that you regret in terms of either a field of study or a job that you took or a decision that you made. Like, like how much of this is like intrinsically tied to the capitalistic system versus people not being happy in the system based on either expectations or decisions. I, I think that like, I, I think, I really think that it can be like a little bit of both. Um, I think that a lot of people, a lot of the decisions that people make that eventually lead to unfulfillment are like a product of the capitalist system itself. Word, 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 because word. like, let's say that I, I, if I, if I truly wanted to major in what I liked going into college, I would have majored in history, but I chose to <laughs> There would probably be more opportunities um, for me if I majored in political science as opposed to history. It's still kind of related, but there would be more opportunities for that. I feel like that small decision in itself is, is a decision that millions of people make on on a way on on like like tenfold. Like some people will. Like I have a friend who majored in accounting when he really wanted to major in philosophy. Um, that's 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 really what he liked to do, but. He wasn't. That shit don't make money. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't make money. But I think that it's. But how much money was he expecting to make? Like my like niggas want to be millionaires and philosophers. Like Aristotle was not bald. No. <laughs> wow. Like Plato was not bald. You know. These niggas were bums on the street, and they was literally ranting at the public like you. Fools, you you desire to have riches when you could have knowledge and wisdom. Like, once again, it's like, is this a product of your expertise? Because, wow. granted, like, all of that, bro, like, I'm thinking to myself, all right, bro, I got the chance to make it or I got the chance to be, you know, broker than others. Yeah. Or I can live a communist society where I don't get a choice. I don't, I don't, like, granted, like, when I think of communist society, I think of what happened to Cuba. And when I think of what happened to Cuba, I think about how every fucking Cuban is a Republican. <laughs> every Cuban that comes to America is a Republican because they, they, like, that is, that is what is, that is nightmare fuel for them. Is like That makes me really want to go to Cuba now. That, that makes me extremely want to go to Cuba and see what the society's like. like. Cuba, Cuba under Castro. Like Cuba, oh, yeah, it's changed Cuba, though, huh? Cuba under Cuba under like no autonomy. Your labor is for the state. You like everybody gets the exact same. Like there's no motivation for competition. There's no motivation to do better. Like why is the United States Postal Service so fucking garbage? Because they got no competition. Because their paychecks are guaranteed. That shit is inefficient yeah, as fuck. They got they got US. Yeah, UPS that shit is and, inefficient as fuck. And, and, and FedEx, and now they have they have USPS, Amazon now. USPS, USPS, they got 
they got competition now because we, we can we can talk about which one is better, blah blah blah. But they got they got no competition in the front in, in from the perspective of they will always be employed because the government is subsidizing them. Like like I like kind of like how we talked about like being around ambitious people. Okay. Like how like okay. there's a desire for that. Yeah, okay. Like, I can like, see that. Yeah. I feel like I feel like that ambition is is a byproduct of competitiveness. And that competitiveness is a byproduct of the idea that I can lose something or the idea that I won't be able to have something and it motivates me. Or not just yeah. me, but just in general. Yeah. I, I mean, think that's I mean, I th- I think that like I would say that, you know, for like the past few years, like I think how my how my mind operates like just like what I want out of life, like what I look at as success, like I think I do operate like with the mindset of like a capitalist. That's what I I feel like when I just think about how the world is and and just how much better that it 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 could be. I I just and I I just see like where the society is heading, like like just I just don't know if it's like I, I just don't know if I could consider myself like a capitalist, just like just like knowing that like all the destruction, is all, all the destruction that is that is caused and, and the and the exploitation that money's is, bloody that is yeah. that money that is, is bloody. caused like That's like right. just 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 like just knowing knowing all that it's like it's it's just so interesting because it's like I I I hate having to like the the idea of of investing into a system that I know is corrupt is, 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 is corrupt and hurting people you know that's that's that, that, that's kind of like and, and so one of my advisors at Hopkins kind of like um like like notices about me like when I like think about a lot of things like I really think like in terms of like the the collective um instead of like the the individual um and and, and, I, and I think that like capitalism in itself like it is like, like pushes so much individualism yeah, in this society, and I, and I think that's like every man for yourself. And, and and I think that's 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 one way in which I feel like community is folding. Like 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 not even just black community, but just like in America yeah, that's fact. as as a whole. Like like people don't really like people like people don't really like like to have fun like in the same way. You know, like people like people don't get in social gatherings in person. We we have we have Instagram now, you know, which is just which is which is just like just like like individualism, like 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 hyperbolized. Hyperbolized. We, we all have have our own like feed, like for our own Ugh. feed. Like, God, like why our, do we call it feed? Oh, Ooh, I never even thought about that. Oh God, <laughs> we just feed on. We just like feed cattle. on. Like cattle. It's cattle. It's cattle. Wow, it's chattel digital slavery. Like, we have our we we have that's our own deep. feed that's that's that that's all catered to us specifically. Consuming that, that we just consume <laughs> consuming content over and over and over again. Like and it's like, bro, we want people to consume this content. But, it, but it's like it's like shoving it down our throat. Like it's an invasion. Like, like, like everybody's competing for like influence in that in that way, and it's like, I just think like, is is, is this the natural way to live? Like, 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 do we have to? Is this life? Like, is this life? Like, 
is this is this life like bro I shout out to the commodores i struggle with this all the time like like literally trying to think like how much time am i going to put into like my craft and, and what i feel like my purpose is and stuff like that as opposed to just like like living life like i it's something i battle with constantly like it's like do i want to work hard on this one thing in order to achieve the goals i have for myself or do i want to like hop on the enjoy myself like hop on my phone hop on the phone with like a friend or hang out with like family and friends and stuff like that like like and i feel like i constantly have to choose like all that stuff because i want to be successful so bad but it's like why do i want to be so successful like is that is that my natural inclination as a human or is that the capitalist system feeding into what i want to and what I want out of life. Am I, am I, am I even thinking for myself? And that's, oh man. Yeah. If I could talk. Yeah. Mic work. Yeah, that's mic work right here. Let's go. The whole, like the idea of like the capitalism debate brings up some interesting points because it's like, you think about people who say like socialism or like whatever like you want to go live on a continent or whatever that that's based on like everyone like idealistically having to fulfill like their own and also everyone else's needs like everyone would have to be fair or whatever no one would be able to like be greedy for it to actually properly work and it's like if you look at like if you go back in time like when we're cavemen everybody's just trying to survive like there's communities but everybody's basically doing their own thing in the way that it helps them survive and then like as time continues to progress it's just in pursuit of like a sound like stable survival so when we get like here to like modern society it's just like that but like like hyper expanded it's like like some sort of like i thought of this a while ago it's like it's like we're in a simulation of a system of like natural selection but economically it's like only some people who like are able to like really excel can and otherwise you just don't and, and you like, die the like the, the the way that it's formed is like people have problems mainly with capitalism because they think everybody should be able to just live their lives fairly and nobody's actually ever been able to really do that like there's yeah. always restrictions and like i'm just now realizing that like the stress that capitalism creates is like it's like a like a conduit for creativity like it like the like just initially like in life stress breeds adaptation so stress wow. breeds innovation like my mom was talking about this like a while ago she was like like in LA it's really stressful so people are just like they have to keep like fighting to like top their competitors to be able to like make the most money and that's why like i guess that's like why it is like that's why places have like places with a lot of people trying to innovate and bring new like stuff to the table like california have like higher like housing prices is just because like it's just a more stressful place like people want to be here yeah people want to be here because people are here doing stuff and yes. like so when the, and this when, is the top this is the top society yeah, it's the top of society people come here yeah. and then do more stuff to try to get more money to like fit in the box but since there's so many more people it creates just like a higher bar yeah. raising the bar that was crazy he articulated it so beautiful that was so beautiful he said he he <laughs> 
I kept trying to repeat it. No, like, it, it seemed like, it seemed like, 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 your, like, your thoughts was, like, festering over in that chair. Yeah. No, no, they were festering. Like, I, I the entire it. episode, the entire episode, he's been oh, festering. That's he, crazy. He brought together kind of, like, the oh, survivalist man, so mindset of yeah. kind of, like, cavemen. Yeah. And now it's economical. Mm-hmm. It's not life or death. It's money or broke. Yeah. yeah. And that is death nowadays. That, that is death nowadays. It's money or broke. Yeah. yeah. This, and it's like the crazy thing about it is because like in our society hmm. with our phones like we are exposed to so much varying forms of wealth like like it's in our face now like like if, if you thought it was bad in like the 60s and 70s Flex. and you could like see rich people walking down the street it's like now bro you can literally open up your phone and, and look at the lifestyle house yeah right. exactly like towards somebody's like, house broke. and it's like it's like damn like they're living a much better life than I am I want a better which is which is why, I like, thing, man. It's so difficult for me, like, when I when I battle these ideas in my head, because it's like I don't feel like capitalism is the best that we can do. But I, I'm not gonna sit here and say like socialism or communism is like yeah. the best thing either, because it's like because it's like we've never seen those systems in, in actuality done, and like a lot of things with, with like human nature, like people do want to be better than others, like like it's shown throughout history, like. Yeah. Like there have been conquerors, you know. Yeah. There have been people who are weak. Like that's that's that, that's how it's always been. And it's like sometimes, like when when we have these conversations, it's kind of like you want to like reconstruct human nature with something that you can't do it formed over millions of years. Yeah. And it's like it's 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 difficult because like I for me like I want I want everybody to at least like be able to for, fulfill life purpose is like that's that's that, that's ideally what i want and i feel like sometimes when i see a lot of people in this capitalist system they don't get the opportunity to even do something that 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 they like doing i mean like this human life is so unique like you only get one as far as we know yeah. and it's like and it's like i would love for like i like idealistically i would love for people to do something that they enjoy doing enjoying it if you're not if if you're broke but you know, see, like, that's my thing like you can do something you you can enjoy you can do something you want to do you just have to either one one two things you can be the best at it and i guarantee you're gonna be rich i guarantee you i agree be rich. That's, that's what i be saying bro like, however best, yeah. however if you choose to do the thing that you're passionate about if you choose to coach high school basketball that is what you want to do. And you're not at a Sierra Canyon where they clearly paying your salary. And you want to do that shit at Pinole Valley High School or Hercules Middle School. Like, bro, so be it. This is what you chose. But please, like, I hope that the happiness that you get from... Is worth it. I hope that the happiness you get from being able to see all the kids that you develop is able to offset the perceived economic situation and granted like man if you watching um golly I'm, i feel horrible for forgetting his name right now uh but but there's way to be a millionaire making thirty thousand dollars a year it's just gonna take you 60 years it's gonna take you 50 years like you're not gonna get that lambo tomorrow yeah you're gonna get it when you're 60. no you might not get it <laughs> <laughs> i mean like but you're gonna be able to and, retire comfortably and, and i feel like that's the question like is oh, is that wealth worth 60 years of your life? I have to... No, but is it worth doing something that you don't want to do for 10? Mm. 
so it's just like I feel like it's like the way we view things like especially with social media and stuff like like experience is just like like just increased like to a strange level that like people have never gone through before like you look at your phone you see something you look at the TV you look at like anything most people all they had at first was just their life like the the people they met like like maybe some books or something but now there's so many stories that you can just like consume there's so many things that you can like want at any given time so this like like extremely increased desire like compacted with like even more stress or like a different type of stress like more psychological it's like it's a really strange thing because of like the way like people tend to compare each other and like people view poverty especially in this country like like i feel like the thing about the system like how it's flawed or whatever like i feel like it'll continue to be flawed forever for the most part because most of the ideas about it are like idealistic but it'll take like a lot of time to improve upon like like we're at the point we're at now like some people could say like we're at a like good point some people could say we're at the best we're at but other people could say that we still need work. And, like, I feel like it could take, like, 10,000 years still, like, for us to get to the point where people can, like, fulfill their purpose in life or, like, live a life that's, like, happy without having to, like, stress or, like, break their back over just survival. I, I think life is trade-offs, bro. See, that's why I disagree. I don't think that life is transactional. I believe... Trade-offs. Life is about choices and trade-offs. I think... Thomas Sowell. I think that uh, I think that both capitalism and communism both are corrupted, because how are you going to put identity, uh, a, how are you going to deitize a government that's supposed to be somebody who's serving you? What you mean by deitize a government? In a sense. Oh, you're talking about like the communist system. No, I'm talking in both systems. Oh, okay. I mean, because like, look at just the government that we we, we fall under. We we are ruled by X Y. It, it, pretty pre- precisely, but this is my thing. The government itself is not supposed to rule you. It's not at all. What it's supposed to do is keep you accountable for your own actions. Word. And that's where policing comes into play. That's where welfare comes into play. And that's where so- social security comes into play. Because if you're accountable for your own actions, um, you'll have you'll have money put away in social security, right? If you are accountable for your own actions, you won't have to go to jail because you are accounting for your own, you know, uh, mistakes and on top of that I feel that one thing that we don't look at in society and it's the most overlooked aspect of society is because we don't look internally anymore we all we, everything is externally how do we look how do we dress how do we how, what are we buying you know what I'm saying it's never what am which is what we've been doing what is it what that I'm reading what is it that I'm watching every day that is actually shaping my thoughts, you know? And then what happens inside of my mind, the thoughts that I have are the actions that I take, right? And so the actions that I take, the ideas that I have are all orbiting around the habits that I have every day, right? And so if I'm on my phone every day when I wake up, right, I'm going to be scrolling and I'm going to be like, oh, this shit is horrible. Life is horrible. Everything is bad in the world, right? Everything's transactional. Nobody loves black people. You know what I'm saying? Everything's racist, right? Or, you know, everything's bigotry. I mean, every, there's so much bigotry in the world. 
But if I actually put my phone down and take a walk in Berkeley, you're gonna find, you're gonna feel love, no matter what race is coming from, right? It 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 is it, not transactional in that sense, right? Because when you take a walk, what are you tra- what are you what are you what are you trading, right? You're not trading anything. You're you're you're, you're like, but in that sense, the one thing that we are is sufficient because the only thing that we're risking in a sense is our ability to experience yeah you know and when i say because because this next uh this next era that we're about to get into we're going to push a lot of a lot of uh self-sufficient thoughts I, i believe um and just genuine thoughts you know that come from within not necessarily that come from society or come from somebody else, but what are your organic thoughts? Um, because, so because, but it's like, what, what are your organic thoughts though? Well, like, your organic, like, like you, like you, yeah, I hear it. You, yeah, fell right off the wall. Okay, uh, we're good. We're good. Tapping into that a little bit earlier, bro. Like, 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 literally, as as a human being, like you are what you consume. Ooh. Like, but if you consume of the earth, what do you consume? No, no, no. Well, how, how do you consume? I, I, no, I understand like, that. But if you're consuming of the earth, but like, but like, what, what are you consuming? Like, what are you consuming of the earth, though? Like, what does that constitute? Asking? Going into nature, you're having organic downloads from God. You know what I'm saying? Like, when I... Like, when I... <laughs> organic downloads. <laughs> I just thought of Larry June. <laughs> Getting downloads. Suck it to me. <laughs> but no, um, for real, like... There's so many things that distract us in society from actually thinking about what really matters to ourselves. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like why? It's in, a, in a world full of countless distractions. Countless. And that's, countless distractions. And that's where, that's where discipline comes in. You know what I'm saying? Because if we were disciplined enough to really say, that's bad, this is good. How do we know what's good and bad? But it's like, because yeah. of because of because of what we deem to be good and bad. That's the thing. It's all always based off something. You it, get your morals from your parents or whatever you're able but, to get it from. If you're born in the woods and you just grow up without anything at all and it's just you, you'll probably have some basic instinct, but you'll be nothing like any type of human that lives now, except for people who were born in those like. So let me let me ask you this question though. Why does it why is it that the humans that are around now are better than any human that has been before? Well, it depends on how you define how you, better. How, how can you say better? Yeah. What What does better mean? That's that's that. That's even also based on what you consume. Because because Facts. because I I could argue that like humans of the past like like four hundred years ago were like like they might have been more versed in different subjects than than we are today. They probably like, had better memories than us and shit. Like better like yeah. Fans. Exactly. Like even my I was watching, watching one video dude was talking about like in the past like society was like generally like more like educated just like just about like different. I remember you things. told me that. Yeah, just like about like different like historical pieces and just like this is just all, all this shit like that. It's like nowadays like a lot of people a lot of people be on some be on some NPC shit, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like what I'm saying is this. everything that they consume is off of Instagram, off their curated yeah, like, feeds, off, off their off the their feeds, off the off of the same things. Pray for my little sister. <laughs> me too, oh God. But like, this, bro, but these kids are growing up in this damn post COVID age, bro. You freaking grow up. Coco Melon. <laughs> Toilet, bro. You know? <laughs> <laughs> TikTok is destroying America. China, you win. 
<laughs> but like, but that, that's my thing though. Like, when we look at all of these things, right? We say that it's inorganic, right? But they're all man-made. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're all man-made. And when I say man-made, I'm not even saying like, uh, you made it or you made it. They're they're things that were constructed to, in a sense, make the human experience like completely altered, right? Like yeah. think about what they did when they put an iPhone in your hand. You're no longer relying on a phone call. I think Steve Jobs had the vision of efficiency. However, efficiency to what degree though? Trade-offs. At what cost? Yeah. Man, life is trade-offs. Like, it's jeez. Like, hey, no, no, I'm thinking about that. You're right. You lose a bit of like, humanity. Like, it's this- all a trade-off. Even integration is a trade-off. Like, 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 like you get an oh. opportunity to be a part of the wider oh. American society, but when you are part oh. of that, you lose something else. Oh, you know, wow. It's like, it's like but, but Michael, I did want to ask you though. Like, what, what do you feel like possessed you to even come out with the thought that like, that like this, this is the best. Like, like, we are the best humans. No, no, no. I'm not saying that we're the best humans. No, but, like... I'm not ask, saying... I'm not... Like, why Why are we better now? Yeah, like... like no, I'm no, I'm saying, what is it that 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 qualifies us to be... That, that makes us think that we're better now? That's what I was asking. But then we have to base it on what is better. Like, yeah. better based on what? Because well, that's always is, arbitrary. Ha- well, th- this, is, this is what I'll say. When I think of happiness... Happiness comes from the amount of success of the things that you control, right? And so if I, which is what I'm going to be, which is what I'm going to be one day, when I become a farmer, which is what you want to be as well, you know, when I become a farmer, my problems are not of the world anymore. Are you trying to go off the grid? I mean, I kind of want everybody to get off the grid, honestly, because if you really think about it, what is society doing for you that you can't do for yourself? But anyway, um, when you think, no, it's not. It's not. When you really think, when you really think, when you really think about it, there's nothing that you can't do for yourself. Well, I mean, of course that, but I mean, like, I feel like a part of being human, or at least is relying on other people. No, not relying. Well, I mean, partly possibly relying on other people, but it's this aspect of human. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Of like, why? Why you can only teach yourself so much. But this is my thing. Why does society like, like, why is it that we think that society has strings attached to it? Like, why is it that it, does. it doesn't though? Which like you get, you like you take and you give what you want. The same thing that you were just saying. You know what I'm saying? Like you control what you feed. This is true. This is true. But you, people lack that self-control. Like you were talking about. You see what I'm saying? You see what I'm but, saying? But it's like, I feel like our society like pushes the need to have so much discipline. Like, That's society like, though. Is but, Earth pushing but, you to do that? But but it's, but it's like, you're like, are like, why, why, why must we exercise so much discipline to live like. Because that's what was required. Yeah, that's what was required. Look at the disciples. Look at, there's a microphone yeah. in front of you. There's a camera right there. There's like two computers right mm-hmm. there. How are you, how are you going to say like. People have to be disciplined if you're just as reliant on this like system that as everyone else. I so when it comes to technology, this is 
Yeah. That, that that that's a very important part too. But when I come when I talk about self sufficiency, I'm talking about it in terms of this, right? Let's say everything turned off right now today, right? What would you know how to do? I was about to say cook, but damn. You see what I'm saying? So like like this is what James was telling talking James Waller, who who we just had on. I think this is actually gonna be two episodes before. Um two episodes ago what we will see is, is that we don't know how to do anything but the old heads do right and so they know what it was like for what life was like before the phone right they know what life was like before we were even addressed with um the option of feeding all these different things right they were only told what they heard on the radio or on tv right and so for us to have such instant access to this information, not only does it distort our biases, right? Because now, as you were saying at the beginning of the episode, we get into these niches of of, of uh, intellectualism. They had biases too, though. That's very true, but it was but it was it was a different source, though. You know what I'm saying? It was it was sourced in uh, not immediate propaganda. I mean, the the news has always been propaganda. But it wasn't immediate, though. When I when I say immediate, I mean quite literally, like, you turn on your phone, right? They're going to give you 30 minutes of whatever that bias is. If you want to know more about the bias that you hear on the news, you have to go and look at that article, right? They're not going to give you the Come evidence. On, this, is in, this is just age of instant access to whatever form of either propaganda or information that we want to connect ourselves to. I, that that that's exactly what I'm saying. When we look at when we look at the information that we intake, right? Mm. Do you consider it to be healthy? It depends. We know like, too much. Eventually, no. We know way too much. Like, we shouldn't know what it. We we shouldn't know. Or cease it, huh? So is this what God meant by the apple? Tree of knowledge. Knowledge is corrupting us, man. And they do say more intelligent people are like more likely to be depressed and things like that. Depressed and no, not even suicidal. And uh, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I'm, I'm gonna lie, like being somebody who like grapples with like a lot of different like thoughts and ideas, like it, it can be like pretty sad sometimes. Like, yeah, yeah. Like you know, like when you when you. For, for me, like, knowing somebody who knows, like, how bad this capitalist system is, mm-hmm. but somebody who still wants, like, freedom and prosperity, it's like, it's like, it's like, how do you grapple with, like, those ideas? Like, it's like, it's like, damn, I, I'm, I, sometimes I'd be confused on, like, which way do I want to go? And it's like, it's like, what do I yeah. do? It's like, there's, and, and we're exposed to so many different enigmas. That's what society is. It's full of enigmas. Yeah, and, like, we're exposed to so many different, like, um, like biases and different forms of thought. Like you scroll on Instagram, I'll, I'll get like I'll get fifty different opinions if I if if I scroll down far enough. It's like who's to say that any of them are right? Yeah, and it's like you. What what do you like? What I feel like right is, or what what's correct or like true is really only based on the utility that information serves to a person. And it's like where 
how far does the progression of he's, he's technology spitting. go like for humanity like maybe we've just as a as a species lived for too long maybe this is the only way that we could keep going like people wouldn't just be happy with the way they were like 100 years ago they were like oh we can keep improving this and this and that and then one day we just end up here like i feel like like there's so many like different like alternating conflicting perspectives that are like constantly being flooded into our minds it's like we have to somehow make sense of everything when nothing really makes sense and it's it's weird you know i heard something the other day it said that if you are a sane american you're insane yeah. I just feel like the, the 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 trials that the the tribulations that we all are thinking about right now is like these are just kind of the the trade offs to being a global citizen. Like, but it's not global though. I can't no, say global. Like global citizen. When I when I say global citizen, I mean like being able to take into account multiple perspectives that are not your own, that are not of anybody around you, that are of the world. I mean, yeah. Okay. Okay. I got a question. Was globalization the best or the worst thing to happen to the world? Wait, that, that all depends on a perspective. I have to ask you, what was globalization? Because what we consider be, to be globalization was white globalization. It was no, European no, globalization. I mean, I mean globalization. I mean, like just kind of like the the uh, the connection and trading of goods across various different countries. Granted, like white people probably. The Dutch specifically started, you know, made the first world traveling ships or whatever. They might have connected us all. That's fact, though. No, no, no. I mean, not literally. I mean, like, okay, we get it. Black people did it first. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he said. He said exactly. But he get it. Black people did it first. But what I mean, though, in terms of like in this modern world, like. Mm-hmm. With the connection and, and, and trading of, of goods in various different countries, like, like was was this amalgamation of what we now are? Like, is was it better or worse? Like, were we worse off separated? I feel like there's no way to determine that. Yeah, because we don't know have from, history. From any given point, like, if we go back, people are just going to feel like, oh, we can get better. If we if, if we're now we're like oh we can get better this way or we can get better by going back so it's like it's all based on what we think of as better like if we want to make enough food for everyone and make sure that everyone across the entire world can get it and like still be sustainable we still have like steps to take forward but if we just want to like like be complacent in our problems and be able to just like deal with it and live on our own I guess like self sufficient then. So what do you think of the problem that we tackled in the last century was? Like, cause like I, I see a where lot. you're going. Like quite a few. Like, like, I mean, like the problems are always happening. Like it's societal. Like, like ideological. Like, I think it's like, it's like, um, like all the things like like, like, uh, race problems, like wars, just like, like basically just like every problem you could think of, contributed to the development of like the mind and um like i guess technology of like every single person that lives like now so it's it's really just like like where does where does better come from who's saying it what is their background and how do we like rationalize it because like really we really we could do anything any type of improvement or like removal and still be better
better just based on whoever's like deciding what's better absolutely i think i think that's an excellent point because if i really think about what i deem because like it, it truly does it boils down to each individual exactly and who's whoever has the most power and see we have to ask ourselves but that that right there it's like this there's always going to be a fight for power so what is it that we're fighting for for real like i feel like half the time like when we're about to get into some in 15 seconds <laughs> we're about to get into no well it's, it's not even that well, no, no, it's not even semantics it's, it's this it's this when when we look at what we deem to be a better right it's because of a certain level of power or, or a certain level of control that we feel we don't have over um whatever problem is being we're being faced with right and when i look at that i have to ask myself who's creating that problem for me right. you know what i'm saying is this a problem that i can live with or is this a problem that like society wants me to solve you know, or this is a this is a this is a problem that society wants me to address, right? Because if society wants me to do it, there's obviously something that um, I'm not doing for myself. You know what I'm saying? I'm not doing it for the objective of trying to have a better life for myself. I'm trying to invoke something better t- towards the world, right? Because if it was up to me, right, and I didn't have the 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 spirit of wanting collective betterness i i would be off on a farm somewhere doing sets and just contemplating life um and just recording my thoughts to myself right but instead i believe that people truly i'm not going to say let me stop there i believe that people truly can't even begin to decipher what distractions are really at like in their minds right like we can't even begin to understand what's a fallacy because a lot of the ideas in our minds are based off of fallacies damn right yeah and sometimes it's like you can't even get to the point where you like get the information that allows you to correct the fallacy it's just like oh everybody believes this so i guess it's just like like functionally a fact like it's like yeah that shit is dangerous like mass hysteria (laughs) that shit is dangerous and that's where anarchy comes in because if you really think of because if you think about it what what the government wants you to think is that anarchy is a horrible thing right and that and at first you know we were where were we we were on hate street and we went to this bookstore and it was like full of out our, our anarchy books i'm just like why why are they writing so much about anarchy you know I never really understood the whole premise of it. But as I've been, you know, contemplating over the last, you know, few weeks, I don't completely agree with anarchy, but I can understand the premise of where it's coming from. It's about control of oneself. A desire for control of oneself? Not even that, but it's the actual practice of it. Really? Because if you're in an anarchic state, right, there's no nobody has control. Right? So that means that you are either a victim, right? But you're a victim to um, your own mind, right? Because I'm not even going to say that. I can't even say that. Because um, 
some people have physical um, differences. So, but in the terms of, of, of mentality, though, you're a victim of your own mind if you allow somebody else to tell you what to do in that in that situation, right? Because in that situation, everybody is equal. Everybody has the exact same right to eat, drink, sleep, and you know. From there, that's when we like we dial back to natural selection, or just like whoever's got it, like they've got the strength, they've got the know-how, yeah. and then everybody else just like dies or whatever. And that's such where, is life, though. Like, I've, I feel like I've accepted. I feel like I've accepted yeah. that that brutality of the world. I have. I have as like, well. The, like that's as harsh as it sounds. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's weird though because like that's where like modern society protects us. Like that's where the control is actually like useful to stop us from just like killing each other for like whatever. Because there's a lot of people who do need to just be like contained or like like stopped from committing like horrible atrocities. You're right, you're right, you're right. Like, like yeah. when we think of like everybody should be able to do like what their purpose is in life. Everybody should be able to be happy. Everybody should be able to do what they want. There's a lot of people who just Or like just through experience in they just life, don't want to see like people happy. Stopped from doing that. Like like just development is like like irreversibly altered, like mentally or like whatever. Like some people are just absolutely insane and are just like crazy murderers or whatever. Some people just don't know who they are and are only able to serve other people. So it's like the way that it all works isn't like isn't like similar to us all being equal. It's like we're all different in our own ways, and it's like hierarchy that doesn't make sense but who am i to say that you don't have the capacity to do so who am, who are you to say i don't have the capacity to do so you know what i'm saying you know what i'm saying you like i feel like some people have decided like i, I have a friend he, mm -hmm. he said to me he's like yeah bro like i'm i'm not really a leader but i feel like i can get shit done but like and it's okay that i'm not a leader i just feel like i'm here to like help whatever cause i attach myself to and in that sense right that's where families come into play also, because when you look at a family, right, the father, you know, the father is quote unquote supposed to be the leader, right? But in actuality, it's the mother. We're not going to talk about that, you know, because oh, people don't want to talk about that too often because what they want you to think is that the person who's providing, protecting, and guiding the family is the person who is actually leading the family. But in actuality, it's the person who's walking down the trap and walking down the path and making sure everybody's okay along there, right? Because that's the person who has the most responsibility, and the person who has the most responsibility is inevitably the leader, right? Because they are the person who is who is held as the servant, as the public servant. That's what a president is supposed to be. That's what a mayor is supposed to be, a governor, and any person who is a politician. You're supposed to be a servant, right? It's okay. We're gonna take a quick hiatus in closing remarks um in terms of self-sufficiency i want to actually ask all three of you guys because i have really been battling with the there's some you hear that echo yeah, it's right here where is it oh I feel so happy i die okay, put it around the chair real quick so I have to ask you guys, do you believe that self-sufficiency uh, is important? It, I feel like it's important, but it's not like, 
it's not paramount you know like it's not the mm. because you, like everybody needs a community like the thing you said about family like you're not really going anywhere unless you have a family you're not really going anywhere unless you have community like people who are supporting you so like oh that's what i was going most of like success as a human relies on like connection yeah so like like off the bat like maybe you can't do everything if, if all the like power everything turns off but maybe you've got a friend or like a cousin or a brother or like like somebody who can yeah. and like it's based off that like nobody can do everything alone fact fact what about you brother i think uh i mean i mean maybe it might be uh, i think more paramount uh in the future like if you know if an emf or a microwave bomb go off <laughs> Which honestly, I hope does. I I, I do. I, I hope. I've been waiting for this moment. Huh? I, I I have. But, I have. Um, but I say I say um, I say uh, uh, creating a marketable skill set or creating creating something that will be able to provide value to others, mm -hmm. and then relying on other people, I think, is more important at least in this day and age. Mm -hmm. Not to say that you know, you know, being able to plant your own vegetables. Yeah. Being able to, you know, raise your own chattel is not important, but I think, at least for me, I think being able to provide a value add to somebody else to create a better collective or to be able to create something of value for others, I think is more important right now. Wow. That's deep. That's very deep. What about you, brother? Man, I would just say that, like, on, um, self-sufficiency is, like, a difficult uh, concept just because, like, me personally, I would say that, like, you you need people in this world like like I can't do everything you know I have certain things that I'm that I'm good at I have certain things that I'm bad at like I can't yeah. I can't survive in this world without just any without anybody else like that would make me go insane that's a fact you know, like if you even if you if you, if you just can't get the validation of others in your life like well we all seek validation in some way yeah. some people try to act like they don't but like that's just a lie yeah. Like, like, like we all have validation in, in some way for anything that we that we do, you know, to be to be recognized, to to know that your work in something is going to be um, uplifted by your by your group or your tribe or whatever, whatever, peers, yeah. whatever, wherever you are. And I think that um, self sufficiency for like for like me is just um, being able to. I don't know. I would say, like, in this society that that we're in, is you know, being able to like do do the things that I enjoy doing, but being comfortable at the same time, you know, and just and just just feel like I'm living a life that I living 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 out the vision that I see as worthwhile. Um, you know, I, I don't even want to say like like goal because I feel like attaching like like goals to like to like value to like materialistic values is like once you reach that materialistic value like you're gonna want something else you know? right. like, you're always gonna want something else like if you, if you say you want to if, if you say you want to be like a millionaire yeah. you know, like once you read that once you reach that a million you know like you're gonna want something else that's know? a fact so yeah. like that being being a millionaire or just having a lot of money could be a part of that vision of success but it's more so just like I'm gonna. I wanna. I wanna do the things that are going to lead me down just that that path of fulfillment, you know. And, and I and I think you know that 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 would be as much wisdom as possible, as much knowledge, you know, being able to talk about the things that I enjoy talking about while while being paid for it at the same time. Yeah. It's like 
whatever that may be. I feel like that would be self self sufficiency, but I don't know. I don't. I don't know if any one man can be self sufficient on their on their own and be and be fulfilled. I don't know. Everybody's different. Like I, I know for like for for myself, I can I, I couldn't see myself just being fulfilled just by being by myself because I I need I I need people. You know, I I need to be around others. Like I can't just learn. Like, what's the point of me learning all this stuff if if I can't talk about it? You know, like if if I can't exchange the ideas with others and get a different perspective. You know, so it's like I don't know. I I guess that's how I'd answer that question. I uh, I would agree with all of you, um, but I believe that the definition that you guys are running off of was self-reliance instead of self-sufficiency because um well i'll get into my definition of self-sufficiency on a different episode (laughs) (laughs) how how are you gonna say that (laughs) well because i will say it on the next episode thank you guys for watching the black lotus uh podcast um man today was just such a refreshing and just joyful um, blessing, you know, just being back on the mic. It just feels, I, I'm just ecstatic, man. I, I'm grateful that, uh, that we're still here, man. And we're not going nowhere. It's invasion time, 2024. And, uh, you know, I want to thank both Chandler and Miles for coming on today. You know, good brother. You you know what I'm saying? I'm not going to lie, brother. I just fasted for 36 hours. I feel extremely weak. (laughs) But, um, man, yeah, let me get. This is not the first time y'all met, but this is the first time y'all seen each other in a very long time. Um, but. As we always love to say at the end of our podcast, and this is not just a mantra, this is not just, you know, a slogan. This is something that I truly, over these last two years, have really come to understand on a different level. When people show love to you, not only does it keep you going, but when you don't receive love, it's honestly sometimes the thing that stops you. It keeps you hesitant because you're always second-guessing yourself, right? Because if you don't have as, as much solid, you know, self-love, you always ask for validation of others, right? And so over these last two, honestly, over these last two years, I've been really trying. Ah, oh, wow. I don't want to sound so cliche. But I, oh, God. God, I'm about to say it. Here it comes. I learned how to love myself. God dang it. What? <laughs> And that's a beautiful thing, man. But for real, um, being comfortable, you know, within your own skin is different from also getting validation from others because, I mean, you put it the best. When, when you don't know, if people are out there listening, you're like, what the fuck am I doing this for? You know? And I guess, and I, and I guess what what I've come to to assume is that I gotta do it not just for me, 
but because this is something that I view my family to to want, you know, to want to listen to eventually. This is something that I feel I can leave for my family, and not only just for my family, but for all those who have similar stories to mine. And so when I genuinely say this, I genuinely mean that I mean this, you know, and we will show the love the same way that you show it to us. But as long as you show love, we'll stay consistent. Oh, dang, come on, brother. You got to say the same time. All right. All right. All right. Here, here, here. As long as you show love, we'll stay consistent. Peace, y'all. One love.